these crazy times, the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the Now you have two. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to yet another episode of Your Heroes of Noise. I'm one half of this dynamic duo. My name is Steve. It's happening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Dan. Welcome to episode 131. It is 131, right, Steve? Affirmative. All right, just making sure, buddy. Coming in hot today, Bill. I'm just going to let you know right now, you're coming in like a... Uh, like a fire starter, baby. Like you're, you're just, uh, you're out of control today. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, you're coming in super hot. That's it how sounds, I do it, bro. It sounds like you're yelling into my eardrums right now, sir. I am so sorry. I am. I, you know what? I need to calm it down a little. I'm just saying. We have guests today. A very special oh, guest. Sick. One we've been anticipating for quite a while. And, and here you are just yelling, you know, just, just out of control already. I am. Let's get it together. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. It's the goddamn Heroes of Noise and we're at your service. What is happening? I'm feeling good, man. How are you? How are you feeling? How's this week been for you, man? I'm feeling fantastic, brother. Seriously, I, I'm not going to get into my whole, my whole, uh, you know, <laughs> my my whole physical routine that I'm doing now. But I got to tell you, week after week, I'm getting better and better. Seriously, and that's no joke. Like spiritually, 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 physically, wow. spiritually. I like to say spiritually. I like to say words that you can correct me on, Steve. So you know, how, how are we doing so far? I never expected spiritually to come from your mouth in serious tones. Well, I mean, when I say spiritually, I'm not talking about like, uh, you know, God and stuff. I'm just possessed by spirits because it's October. Okay. Now I'm with you. Now I'm yeah. with you. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Right. I got the devil all up in me right now, dude. For oh, real. wow. There it is. Yeah. Hey, guys, guess what? We have a special guest. This is someone that I have had the opportunity to actually meet in person. So a few months ago. It seems like nine million years ago. I was in uh, Chicago. It was March. No, it was February, actually. Walking to this ramen joint. Just got to Chicago. And uh, I'm standing there. I'm kind of like shy because like, I, you know, I knew some people online and stuff, but I never actually met them in person. So I'm sort of waiting my turn to introduce myself and stuff. And this dude turns around. And he's like, hey, I know you. And he explains how he knows me. He heard me on PCO. And we strike up a conversation. And he turns out to be like one of the coolest people that I met the entire weekend. You know, we'd split up and we'd go do our own things and everything. And then we'd kind of like just come back and we keep bumping into each other. And every time that I talked to this person, I found something, you know, something to make me like him even more. So he's a fantastic person. He's also got a brand new podcast out. Some of you folks may have heard it. It's called Smorgasbord. And he hosts it with another person that I met in Chicago by the name of Neil Thalander. Great guy. This is a great show. It just started and we'll let him talk about it. But ladies and gentlemen, if I could please introduce a very nice person, a very kind person, a very cool person. His name is Stephen Farshid. Stephen, what's happening, bro? What is happening, man? Like, wow, what an intro. I just kept waiting for my cue to come in and say something. I just more and more accolades kept, just kept building up. And uh, I really appreciate that, man. It was awesome meeting you. This is an awesome. I, I could have met Steve Hudson as well, too, I heard at some point. And <laughs> That's a whole other be, story, Steve. <laughs> hopefully there'll be a future opportunity that I, I get to meet the great Steve Hudson. But I'm I'm ecstatic to be here uh i i did i wasn't a listener before c2e2 and now i'm just a fanatic listener so I'm, this is a this is a true honor for me to be here oh love i love i love it when we honor people <laughs> fucking fantastic <laughs> so you know it's gonna be a little difficult i'll probably mess up guys i'm telling you right now because we're, we're dealing with steve and then steven this will happen a couple times this month that's all i'm gonna say right now however steven uh, do you want to talk about the show a little bit about about Smorgasbord, how this came to be? 
Yeah, we got together and I, I was really interested in, like I said, listening to this uh, show and PCL. I really, really like the camaraderie and the, just the fact that some people, everybody can get together, you know, once a week or once every two weeks and talk. And I said, you know what? I want to be a part of this. And uh, I, you know, got a face for for podcasting. So I figured, hey, l- let me let me reach out to some people about like my passion. And my passion is, is Star Trek as far as the pop culture and geekdom. And I knew that from uh, C2E2 meeting Neil Tholander that he was a huge fan. And uh, we just started talking. I said, dude, why don't we just do a podcast? And like, if nobody listens, nobody listens. And yeah, nobody listens. But I, I'm really <laughs> proud of what we're doing. And, and eventually it'll catch on. And we right now we're breaking down Lower Decks. It's the animated series that's uh, week to week on, on CBS All Access. It's actually very, very good. So it's it's a pleasure you know, it's not always, not everything is always a hit, but this one definitely was. So we're breaking it down to week to week. We're, you know, giving us our thoughts. There's lots of Easter eggs. We're breaking that down. So yeah, just having a really good time hanging out with Neil and, and podcasting and just getting my feet wet in this world. That's a hell of an answer right there, Steve. You see, that's, that's a perfect answer. This is why I wanted him on the show. The man has something to say. <laughs> you know what, I mean? what made, what made Star Trek the thing? You know, it's, there's there's only a few things that I really feel like I have knowledge of and passion for like that enough to where I feel like I can share that with other people. You know, I, I, I don't, I'm not really into to music that much, believe it or not. It, my, my fa- friends and family call me top 40 Farshid. And <laughs> it's, I'm one of the only people that listens to like celestial radio still in the car. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, very antiquated, but uh, you know, Star Trek is something that I, I know a little bit about and I have a lot of passion about. I also vintage comic books are one thing, but there's only so much you can really talk about vintage comic books, but with Star Trek, there's a, there's a nice fan base there and, and you know, yeah, there, there are a hundred podcasts out there about Star Trek, but I don't think any of them are, are by really cool people like me and Neil. I love that. That's what I love. Because I always wonder, I'm like, I wonder what, because a lot of people go Star Wars, a lot of people go whatever. Like, what connected you as a child to Star Trek? You know, it, it, it used to be on um, when I got home from school, the repeats. Like, I, I ne- uh. had, I've never watched a live series, like, as it was airing until Discovery started a couple years ago or a year and a half ago now. Um, even The Next Generation, which was the first series that I watched, it was all just reruns. <laughs> And it was just something that was on and and I could get in there. And, and I wasn't really even into sci-fi. I did my two shows when I was growing up was X-Files and, and Star Trek when it comes to sci-fi. And it was just something that stuck, like the ideologies that were a part of it. It was really inclusive. You know, I mean, it, it, they always talked about, you know, understanding each other. And, and, and that was just something completely different that was on TV. And, and I just really stuck with that. And, and I really liked the ideology and the philosophy behind Star Trek. And, and, you know, now more than ever, we really need it. So. Now, if there's a lot of people right now listening to your voice and say, I want to listen to any podcast that this man is on, but they kind of don't know anything about Star Trek. So what would you say for the beginner? Be like, if you really want to get into Star Trek and start getting kind of into our show, where would you tell the beginner who has never watched a Star Trek episode to begin? Well, I mean, Next Generation is is you know commonly you know understood as 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 the best series. I mean, of course, there's arguments on all kinds of sides, but Next Generation is the easiest to get into. But now with things like Lower Decks, this animated series, it's real goofy. 
It's real funny and it's real loose. And if you have CBS All Access or, you know, have the ability to sign up for it, I highly recommend it. It's it's witty. It's funny. It's from the writers of uh, Rick and Morty and the creator of Rick and Morty. So it's kind of a little bit in that style. But it also really um, – it actually is really true to the source material. Like it, it doesn't make such a mockery of it that it just steps all over the, the fandom. And actually it's it's – pretty much in canon uh, with the rest of the shows. And I think the creators have done an amazing job with this show. And, and it's a real easy watch. It's 25 minutes. Uh, you'll have a, you'll have a really good time with it. And that just happens to be what our podcast is right now, because we're currently covering that. So it's a real good companion to the, to the lower decks animated series on CBS all, all access. That's, I used to have a thing for Marina Sardis too. Yeah. That, that jumpsuit, huh? Gee, I don't like. She was the first person I saw because my mom used to watch Next Generation, and I was I was walking past the TV and I kind of stopped. I was like, "Hold on now, <laughs> put that in the Rolodex." Which one is Who this? Is I know the that? characters. I don't know the actors' names so well. Which one is this? Counselor Deanna Troy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel you, Steve. <laughs> I mean, man, listen. She was booming. She was Dude. booming. She was too booming for that ship. You know what I'm she saying? She still looks good <laughs> today. She still looks good. She does. I mean, I even she was in the the series Picard for a couple of episodes, Dude. and and she looked really good. You know, for me, believe it or not, my crush was Janeway. Man, there's just something about just just a, a figure, an authoritative figure that just stands uh, true. Oh my goodness, so Janeway was my girl. <laughs> That's your thing, huh? Yes, sir. Who was your person, Dan? For Star Trek: The Next Generation, yeah, uh, I, I think I think uh, I think Troy. I think Troy was the one. I think universally, too. All all in all, um, you know what? Back, you know, okay, I'm going to take it back to Star Trek: The Movie, the first movie. Oh snap! I like that chick that was like half black and white. You know, what I'm talking about the bald one that had a little <laughs> thing in her neck. I and mean, then do she, not she, remember her in the least. Bit. And then she like fused with so. It's been a long ass time since I've seen this. And obviously, I'm not a Star Trek guy, but like that whole, you know, who I'm talking about, right, Steve? Right? Oh, absolutely no, not. Yeah, the motion picture. Oh. See, we're getting already getting mixed up. I'm saying Steve. I should be saying Steven. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> it is my bad. No, but I was talking to you, Steven. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, when you when you when you when you're talking about the the person that might know what you're talking about in the Star Trek world, I assume that you were referring to me. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Well, you know, everyone's answering and everyone's excited right now. Everyone just needs to calm down a little bit. uh, Yeah, that's mine. I don't have a real great answer for you, Steve. I mean, I wish I could say something nice and witty, but I just like the bald chick with the with the gem in her neck. Well, seven of nine was actually the the real. Oh, hold up. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, what's her name? Jerry something or other. Yeah. Jerry Ryan. Yeah. 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 Jerry Ryan. She's the one. She's the one. Hudson. That's the one. No, she's always. I remember Jerry Ryan, dog. Yeah, Jerry Ryan's. That's that's definitely one. See, I, I just don't, I don't think that way when it comes to Star Trek. I probably should. I do about everything else. I just don't. But um, <laughs> we, you know what I mean? Doesn't do that for you. It's the one classy thing in my life where I just think about things from a, a fiction, you know, like a fictional standpoint, as opposed to like, hey, I would do that one. So yeah, that's that's me, real classy guy. She's also in the Picard series, you know, the the one that just came out. So yes, and, yeah, she actually had a really nice role, and she was probably my favorite part of that. And they, they actually gave her like you know, pants with pockets and like an actual, like it's not just a skin tight suit, which, you know, is good and bad, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've heard mixed things about that Picard series. I've heard like certain people started and was like, it's really good. But as it kept going, I would hear folks be like, eh, 
I was like, oh, I thought I thought Star Trekers were going to be in love with that show. I wasn't a huge fan of the way it, it wrapped up at the end of season one, but I mean, any any new Star Trek uh, content, especially one with Sir Patrick Stewart, I mean, I'm of I'm going to be all over. So, you know, I will say that Star Trek fans are are a lot or Trekkies. Is it Trekkies or just Star Trek fans? Which one should I say? Is it I Trekkies? Mean, I, I guess Trekkies is fine, but sometimes it's used a lot in the derogatory sense. That's what I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. But. Fans of Star Trek tend to be more nice to the franchise. You know what I mean? They're more kind. They, they, uh, they're more accepting. They seem to get more excited about things when new things come out, even if it's like a mediocre show, which I can't judge on. But, you know, you read reviews and things like that versus, say, Star Wars fans who are just absolute trash sometimes and will just completely annihilate it no matter what. I mean, even if it's like, hey, you, you tried swinging a miss, it just gets so fucking vile sometimes. And I got to say, you guys are way more classy. Oh, I appreciate that. Out of the two franchises, I would definitely say we have much less, less, much less, less trolls and gatekeepers than than the other franchise. Uh, hopefully that that continues because there is a lot of new Star Trek content coming out now. I mean, you got Picard, you've got um, you've got Discovery, you've got Strange New Worlds that's starting next year sometime. You've got this animated series, Lower Decks. So, of course, the more of this content that continues to cover come out in the age of the internet, because remember, the last new content that came out before Discovery was was the the last movie, that, the last the next-gen movie that came out, if, if not counting the J.J. Abrams one. So, like, the fandom, now that we're in the internet age, you know, it's there's an opportunity for them to come out of the woodworks and, and really, and, and of course not everybody loves the new stuff, but yes, for, for the most part, we are, I would say that we're the classier of the two. I wanted to talk about something real quick with you. Comics. Yes, sir. This is a big thing for you. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I know we usually, this is the part where we like tend to just tell dick jokes and things like that. But this is um, <laughs> when we have guests on and uh, more importantly, guests that have something to say, which most of our guests do. So we're very lucky that way. I think all of our guests are actually pretty awesome. We've been very lucky that way. But I like to use this opportunity to kind of get to know you guys, almost like a Heroes of Noise spotlight, if you will, mm. Stephen. You know what I'm saying? So when I met you, there was one point in time where I won't get into any kind of um, monetary things or anything like that. But I, uh, I had gone up to you. We were just getting ready to go into a panel. You're chilling. You're, I just met two people that you were just, see, Steven's a very friendly guy, Steve, and he just talks to everybody. So I think it was like Shanks and I, we were walking up and we ran into Steven. He's sitting there by the window. He's just chilling, having a little breather. And he shows me this comic that he has in his hand. And I wish I could remember the name of it. I, I know, I think it was a Spider-Man comic. I can't remember which one it was, but let's just say it was a pretty penny. So I was very impressed by this. He's like, yeah, ain't no big thing. I'm very curious, Stephen. Like, tell me a little bit about, are you a comic dealer? Is that what it is? Or, or tell me a little bit about that. So, I mean, I'm a comic collector at collector. heart. I've been doing it since I was a kid, uh, since I was 10 years old. Um, there was the uh, Death of Superman that brought a lot of us out of the, you know, into the comic book shops. And I was the perfect age of that. I was, I think I was 12 or 13 when that happened, 1992. And that was like really the start of it for me. My father um, really loved, you know, the, the new shiny foil covers, the holographic things that were coming out from like the X-Men back in 1992. For some reason, I just gravitated towards the old Spider-Man books. I just love the simplistic style of the art form. So thankfully, when I was young and I had my allowance money or whatever money I got, I spent it on Silver Age uh, 
Marvel books and and typically Spider-Man and Silver Age means the time between 1954 and about 1968. So I'm buying books up five, 10, 15, 20 dollars and I'm I, I, and I still have a lot of them. And luckily all those have seen a lot of gains since then. So the last couple of years when I decided to to be an adult, I decided to start really organizing them and think of the ones that I really want to keep and the ones I want to upgrade. So as I upgrade books, and, and by upgrading, I mean, you know, I've got, you know, Macy's Spider-Man number 26, and I pay $20 for it, and and maybe that book is worth about 200 at this point. Yeah. And I want a nicer copy. So then what I would do is I sell that one, and then I, I, I purchase a, you know, a, a real nice, clean one that I can keep forever, you know, an investment-grade uh, comic. So I'm a collector but I have kind of become a trader slash dealer as I'm upgrading my collection. So that's kind of how, where that came from. And that, and it's half the reason I was at C2E2. I, I was there kind of conducting business, making some trades and, and, and keeping a, a pulse on, on, on what's happening in the industry. Cause the industry has seen amazing gains over the last, particularly 10 years, but even recently in the last three years, and then even more, believe it or not, in the last eight months, since this whole COVID thing started. And it's really shining a spotlight on the fact that some of these blue chip comic books are actually assets and, and really an alternate to investing uh, in the stock market and things that are a lot more volatile. Because if you look back on, on, on the steady gains of something like Amazing Spider-Man number one, you know, you can you can look at a chart from the last, you know, 20, 30 years, and it's just a nice steady rise. There's no point where it ever dips sharply. There's no point where, you know, it's like, oh, I got to sell this to get my money back out. There's, there, It's just a steady, steady rise straight up. And it's starting to really be a market where people are excited about getting into. And it's also fun. You know, I mean, day trading and, and stock market, I, I guess it's kind of fun, like kind of gambling. It's like but a thrill. This, yeah, exactly. But this more is like, hey, look, I also have a piece of something from my childhood or something from my father's child or my mother's childhood, like something that is also really cool to own, not just some, you know, made up stock somewhere in, in the ether. This is something I'm holding in my hands, you know, a piece of history. And, and I've seen great gains and, and I've been able to make purchases and turn around and make profits on that. I actually had set a record uh, last week on eBay for a certain book that John Cena uh, peacemaker show. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had the first appearance of Peacemaker, which is a book from 1964 and it's a hard book to come by. And I had one in really high grade and I actually set a record on eBay and and had to do some interviews for some other comic sites during that. So I've been real fortunate um, that I'm in the position that I can do this. And it's also really, really fun. So look at this guy with the getting all famous and shit from his collecting. (laughs) I think that's pretty dope. You know, and that's the thing. It's like, I totally get it. Like, I respect the fact that you're investing in something that you have affection for, sentimental value for, because I get it. I got a few grand in, in stocks and I, I don't know. I don't personally find it fun. It's one of those things for I'm trying to have the philosophy of let's just put it aside and not mm-hmm. think about it. Whereas like with you, you could look at your, you know what I mean? And then, and then getting back to what I was saying, you know, later on, hopefully it's going to do what I needed to do and I'm going to make some gains on it. But with you, you can actually, I imagine that when you, when you finally find like your, your upgraded, pristine comic you're not touching that one it's more of just looking at it in its case is that correct you don't yeah, look at it anymore i have a display on my wall right now with like 
like 10 of my favorite books that are graded up on the wall. And then I have probably 10 more in a safety deposit box. Now those are the ones that, that I won't touch until either, you know, God forbid something happens or we decide to make a, a really big purchase or, or open a business or something. And we really need, you know, Hey, I need, you know, a hundred grand to, to help start that business. That's in the safety deposit box. But the yeah. ones that I like to look at, the ones that I look at every day here. And, and when, when you say they're not going anywhere at some point, you're kind of forced to sell them because the value is just, just like the peacemaker book that I was talking about. I really like that because I like rare books. I like books that you don't ever see. Sure. And you know, I paid $120 for that book a year and a half ago and I sold it for three grand the other day. And Lord God damn. You see what I'm talking about? Steve? I want to keep that book forever because it's rare. There's only four other that are graded higher than that book. But at some point the money's just, it, it just forces me to sell. Now I take that three grand and I can invest it in some other books and do the same thing over and over, but you got to have the knowledge. And it's, it's like you said, it's, it's a little bit of a long game. I mean, there are some quick flips out there that'll take about a month or two to, to, to triple quadruple in value. But some of these long games, especially with all these TV shows and movies coming out, right? About a year, year and a half. Well, with COVID, it's it that's uh, that's been extended, of course. But the knowledge, the hints, the whispers start happening about a year and a half before the actual movie, like the first trailer drops. And if you can get in there and dig in there and keep your ear to the ground, you can get wind of certain characters. That, you know, because I heard about possibly Peacemaker being in a movie a year and a half ago. So I just took a gamble and I took a shot on some of the books. And thankfully, I mean, seen as a big star, James Gunn is a big star. That's the perfect storm. That's not going to happen every time. Right. But as long as you do some, some, you don't, you don't do too crazy with the investment. You do a lot of research and no matter if a character is introduced in a TV or, or, or movie property that nobody thought of a year ago, that that book that you got is going to minimum quadruple in value, minimum. Jesus, you know it's so weird that you're talking about this because I was watching a show about comic trading and comic buying and stuff, and I was like, I did not know people go to cons only for that reason. Sometimes they're like, oh, we have a meetup, being like, hey, there's someone selling this import this huge comic, and all of us are putting bids. Oh, absolutely. Like, That's crazy. Oh, absolutely. I had no idea. Oh, there's a whole different environment at these cons that you are not a part of. Yeah. That you don't even know are happening. They're meeting saying, well, what's your bid? Okay, well, what's your bid on this comic? What's your bid on this comic? And then they call and say, okay, you won the bid. I'm like, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. And when you're a dealer, the best part is like the day before the show happens, you're there setting up. That whole day before the show, that's dealers dealing with dealers before anybody even gets let in the place. You know, and cert- certain awesome. dealers are, are really known for having just just really good cheap books, and they just get swamped by other dealers. And it, it's it's a fun, like I said, it's 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 a really solid investment. It's very steady, and it's also really fun. So that's what's been sustaining that's what us. It sounds yeah, like. it's just sustained us for that's- the last year and a half, and and I'm really happy about it. So, what is the most valuable comic right now in the world? Um. You probably would go with either Detective Comics 27, which is the first appearance of Batman, or Action Comics number one, which is the first appearance of Superman. If you had to say, I'm going to put in a bid, 
bottom bid, you'd say for me to even have a shot, my bid would have to be what? Well, of course, it depends on the grade, but those books, yes. those books don't exist in in quantity at all. Like Nicolas Cage sold his nine zero when he was in in trouble. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a record; it was three point three million. Jeez, dude! Yeah, three point three <laughs> million dollars for a comic book. Yeah, that is fucking Jeez, wild, dude. That's so crazy. But think about the influence that Superman has had on like. Oh, pop of course. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense. It's just to someone that has, you know, like I'm just not. I like comics. I'm not a huge comic reader or anything like that. So, so, so someone listening to this from the outside and you know, you're, you're diving in, you're getting into the weeds of this shit. It's, it's fascinating to me that there's this subculture of people out there that just have like a grip of money that they want to use as an investment. And I get it. It makes complete sense. That's another, what you would call the uh, safe deposit box type of an investment. Mm-hmm. You know? but, Absolutely. Um, no, that's amazing. man. It sounds so much more fun than going, Oh, cool. Apple had a split. Four four way split, so now I got a little more stock, but it's just boring, is what I'm saying. Like you can actually talk about, you know, Spider Man, Superman, Batman, and shit. It just sounds. I guess what I'm saying is, it just sounds a little more like um, it's like it's grown up shit, but at the same time, it's fun. It's not so businessy, not so so sterile. You know what I mean? I think it's fun. I you know what I think what I want to do is just sell all my stock, Steve, and then just <laughs> give it to Stephen and have him invest it for me, and then I'll learn as I go. Well, the good the analogy would be a good like middle ground is a like what Stephen is doing, knowing all this in-flight information, stocks would be that for you if you hung around other people that had information about their businesses that they're about to let out. Like be like, huh, interesting that we might be closing shop tomorrow. You're like, ooh, and then you're gonna sell your stock. Be like, oh, I know that you're closing. That inside information would make it fun for you. That's what Stephen has that you don't. Except for that's illegal and you get arrested for it. Well, technically, if it's a random conversation, technically, you can get away with it. Steve's like, details, details. (laughs) But yeah, if if Dan had that, it would be as fun as comic because you have inside information. Dan doesn't have that. He's just like, there's other people doing things and he's just watching the. So it could be fun, Dan, is what I'm saying. It could be but fun. But in truth, it might be the exact same thing because I'm watching people do this for me versus getting out there and really learning how to do it. I'd have yeah. to really get involved, I think. Yes, you do. And you could. You could, but it's not going to be as fun as... Like the comic thing, you actually really... there. Even though you say you're not a comic reader, you like reading comic sure. more than you probably watch like reading the New York Times stock section. I would say that you pick comics over that more thrilling i do read both but i'm just saying you know no it's like i don't know what it is it's like i've just never been a massive comic reader i do have collections i mean there's certain things as you know steve that i get into like like guards and stuff like that but yeah preacher is the one that's the one that's my first love when it comes to comics even though i was like really like when i was a kid I would go to like 7-Eleven or something like that when you could buy a comic for like 99 cents and I'd pick up mm-hmm. like a cool cover of like Iron Man or something because he looked dope on the cover or something. But I never, and I read it of course, but I just never like followed up with it. Like I listen to certain people and, and actually what I'm talking about right now is I'm actually referring to like Jake and Brian on PCL. They have some serious conversations about comics and I think that's awesome. That, I don't think that that's something that where I'm ever going to be, but I think it's awesome yeah. that people can enjoy it from a fandom point of view as well as like a business point of view, you know? But I, but I'll tell you something, Dan, uh, and and real quick, you know, Steve t- touched on something about insider trading and having that insider knowledge and it being against the law, and you can end up in jail, you know, like Martha Stewart or whatever. But with comic books, the same thing exists, except for it's not illegal. 
<laughs> for example, there's a guy that that purchased a book from from me once, and it was kind of suspect because it was an expensive book, and there was I was taking offers on it, and he just bought it outright without making an offer on it, and it was it was very expensive, and I was surprised by that, so I wanted to look in to see who it was, and I saw that the address was Burbank, California. Uh oh. So I contacted the guy, and I looked up his name and everything, and I realized that he works for Marvel. So wait a minute. (laughs) So I contacted him and wanted to say, Hey, you know, you know, and I I won't get into who, what he does for Marvel or what, you know, whatever, but at least not on this part, you'll tell us afterwards. (laughs) He has, you know, he works in the industry. So there's, I've had many casual conversations with the guy over, over Instagram and social media where we just talk about, cause he's a big collector. Now that he started working on these, the, in the MCU, he's a huge fan. So he wants to buy up all these properties of things that he's working on. And in turn, he turns around and says, Hey, you know, I just let you know, so-and-so came in today and, and, and they're, they're talking about this character. Well, immediately I'm on eBay grabbing all the 20, $30 copies of things that I can find that has to do with that character. And it's somewhat of a gamble, but there is some inside information there and and I'm not going to jail for it. (laughs) That is kind of, you know what? That is freaking amazing. I love that. That's see, that's Dan. That's right up your alley, bro. Yeah, I, I, I think so. But I just uh, he sounds so much better at it than me. So I'm gonna let him do it. <laughs> you know I mean? Hey, real quick though, was the person that you're referring to, Stephen? Was he at C2E2? No, you mean oh, okay. the, no, the person I met. The person that you've been chatting with on Instagram no, and stuff. No, sir. Okay. No, I've never. Right, met I had, the I had a guess. Life. I had a guess. That's all. But uh, I'm clearly wrong. <laughs> all right, Steve. What else can we talk about with this guy before we start moving along? Because I find him quite interesting. I mean, I could trust me, like with this, anything that I don't know about, I can kind of go in like way overboard and we'll end up talking for two hours about be like, well, Steve now knows everything about comic (laughs) selling because I'm going to want to know everything about it. And then, you know, I I know that because for me, it's just an inch, any, any, you know, I can watch any documentary about stuff that I have never seen. Like, hey, this is how you keep this is a documentary on ballet feet. And how you keep them safe. I'm like, huh, I wonder how they keep those things safe. And I'll just watch it because I didn't know about it. Did you say ballet feet? <laughs> feet. Yeah, they're not safe, dude. They beat the shit out of their feet. Yeah, I've noticed that only because I watched a documentary about ballerinas. And I didn't know that when they took off their shoes, I was like, I didn't know that was an issue. But then when you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah. that would totally be an Blisters, issue. missing toenails, bunions. Yes. I mean, like, it's hardcore. You know what I mean? Uh, Gail used and to I'll Gail totally used to dance, but she lucked out because I've seen some videos of people that are, like, taking off their ballet shoes and their oh, feet dude. are fucked up. But, I mean, I guess that's the dedication. Gail used to be a ballerina? Back in the day, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, please explain your uh, tone. No, I just like knowing things because you know how you, it's just like a, oh, that's something else I did not know about. Yeah. Somewhere. I'm like, oh, that's, that's It's cool. like listening to you every single episode. You find out you're a fucking magician. What else? Uh, a, a gymnast. I told you that so many years ago, dude. I don't remember. There's too much. I There's did. too much in between that you've told me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I, I know, uh, I know I've told you. I don't I, like now I'm going to be, I really want to find more documentaries about the art of selling comics and there's not and here's the thing i love kevin smith but i'm not gonna watch that show the comic book man yeah no uh -uh. i want the end someone's following and i know there has to be a documentary out here and if not 
Farshid, what are you doing? <laughs> this is true. You are trip like that little story you just told us about the three racks you got off of one. If you put that in a documentary and someone would have seen that, all of a sudden someone's husband is dialing a number and their wife is like, what are you doing? He's like, about to buy my first comic book right now and sell it for $3,000. Do that, dude. I mean, as much as I would love people in this industry and people being a part of it and collecting, because obviously it sustains it and and keeps it. But at the same time, you don't want to like get a bunch of American pickers out there. That's true. Doing what you're doing and and, and getting in the way. It used to be a lot easier uh, back before the internet. Obviously, you can just put an ad out and you just get a bunch of phone calls and just show up at somebody's house and just clear out their basement full of books. But can't do that anymore. The first thing they do when, when somebody passes away or something and their, their collection's been left behind, they grab the books and go to eBay and find out what they're selling for. And, you know, they got the knowledge on it now. It's not as easy as it used to be, but it is definitely fun and, and, and interesting. I, I don't like the, the dramatization version of it, like you were saying on Comic Book Men or you see on Pawn Stars when somebody brings in a, a comic yeah. book. Yeah. And they bring their quote unquote expert in here and their expert sits there and says all this. I mean, you're just looking at this guy like, what are you crazy? Like, where are you getting these numbers? Where are you getting this information? That's an AF 15. That's the the amazing fantasy 15, the first appearance of Spider-Man. And you're saying you couldn't give this guy three grand for this book. I don't care if there was eight missing pages. You, you, you giving this guy three grand for this book. That's, that's a great price. Take it and, and, and please be happy with it. You know what? That's a good point because I'm, I'm wondering, I bet a lot of people did that whole storage unit thing until the, you know, until, uh, what was that show that the store, they raised the storage Wars? units. Yes. When that happened, I bet up to all of a sudden when, you know, like, oh, Bob from down the street used to go to empty storage situations. And now when he gets there, there's like 40 people waiting. He's like that freaking yeah, show. Yeah, that's all. The show messed it up for everybody. It's all Chad and, and Jessica and they're <laughs> 27 years old and they're just playing little weekend warrior and, you know, getting, uh, getting all, uh, you know, trying to act like they've been in the business and know what they're doing. But exactly. That seems to be like the human way, though. If you if you see something that's sort of rising in pop culture, something specifically like what we're talking about, you're going to get a bunch of people that latch on like barnacles. You know what I mean? Like even even in the oh, sense that dude. how I was joking, like, oh, I want to, you know, take my money out and give it to Steven. Like, I think there's really people out there that will just, oh, well, now I want to try this instead without heart into it. And I think maybe it's just more of like a uh, I mean, I'm sure there's some interest involved, but I'm thinking it's like the get rich quick mentality. You know, I'm going to try this and see if oh, this is sure. this is the way to do it. You know, much like. uh Oh, shit. I don't know. Like people like like me, for instance, Steve, that decided this week. And believe me, this is not a get oh. rich. <laughs> this is not a get oh, rich quick boy. situation. I have I have reasons for it I won't get into, but it was more of like a I, I just wanted to um, I wanted to see what it was like. Okay, let's just say that right. it is not a money making scheme whatsoever. In fact, it's probably in the fact it's helping for the, for a very short term. I decided right. this week that I would do some Uber driving, <laughs> Uber Eats. <laughs> Can we pause right no, now? No, we must keep going. Let me just so we have to soak <laughs> that you can't just keep going with that story, Dan. Do you know how shocked I am right now? I was waiting for you to reply because I'm sure you're going to beat me down. I don't know even what to say. You don't need to say anything. I have. I do. There's a reason I'm doing it. It's a short-term situation. And then it's bye-bye. But I will tell you one thing. I did have a job okay. back in the day where I was a courier and I would just drive around. I, first of all, I love driving. 
So I'm a one, I'm one of those weirdos that actually loves driving around, and I'm not inconvenienced by it whatsoever. Unless, of course, it's something okay. that I don't want to do. I just wanted to see because, like, my son did it one time, and I went with him, and I thought eh, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. But I mean, I'm I'm yeah. basically driving around, listening to podcasts, picking up food, and going there. You go. It's non-contact. Um, yeah. It's amazing how much these people tip. To be quite honest with you, I'm actually quite surprised about that. But um, no, this okay. is just a quick little means to. Uh, I'm just trying to fix something real quick, and then I'll be done with it. It's not like guess what? I'm stopping my career, Steve. I know that this whole MRI thing is like set for a career with you know a retirement and benefits and things like that. Nah, I think I'm just going to go ahead and just deliver food. Not that there's anything wrong with that, ladies and gentlemen. But for me, <laughs> I just thought I'd give it a shot. And you know something? I got to be honest with you. For the two times that I've done it so far, it's actually pretty fun. Am I a fucking weirdo? So Total you, silence. Crickets. Dude, I don't even like, okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. You, okay. I know you said, I know you said this is not a money making thing. Yeah. You're not doing it for money. I'm not doing it to get rich is what I said. You're just doing this because you have the time during the day and what else would you do? Not necessarily what else would I do. If you want me to give you the boring answer. No, 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 no. I'm just wondering. I got a bill I want to pay off quickly. That's it. That's, that's really the honest answer. I have recently, uh, I think I've talked about it on the show and I won't totally get into it, but a couple yeah. of years ago, I had uh, an issue where I had identity fraud and it completely yes, I, yes. fucked my credit all up. I am now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on the ass end of 2020 like we all are and I'm actually get, making progress now. It took a while to make okay. this happen. So it's like, I'm just trying to d get things done a little bit quicker because as I've been saying ever since, I think the word, I want to move out of this fucking house. So there's things I'm trying to do. I just had to kind of get my credit back in shape because there are evil people out there that want to get on the internet and steal your information. Well, okay, now, now it makes yeah. sense. And I will say, first of all, that if I was working more at my day job, my real job, mm -hmm. I mean, I could, you know, I can do what I'm doing in a matter of hours <laughs> with, with this other one. It's just kind of fun. It's just something to do right now. During the day, Gail works from home. And if I'm home, you know, I'm let, I, it's basically, we have to have like this, uh, invisible wall because I can't distract her because uh -huh. she's doing her job. You know what I'm saying? So there's times where yes. I'm a little bit lonely, Steve. I don't want to watch TV all the time. I don't, oh. I can only do so much DDPY yoga. You know what I'm saying? So I thought I'd get out on the road and meet some people and stuff. It's actually kind of fun. That's kind of, and, and, and you know what, here's what I'll say. Now it makes sense. You set it up. Maybe. As in, this isn't a money making thing. Because it's not. I just decided to be an Uber girl. And I was like. Okay, you can't say it's not because you are making Technically, money. Technically, yes, I, yes, I'm making money. That's what I'm saying. When you say it's not a money making, it's thing, not a get rich quick thing. Maybe I, uh, maybe I put two things together that I shouldn't have because I'm kind of known to do that kind of shit and not really segue very well. But yeah, I just wanted to give it a shot, and I think it's awesome. <laughs> it's fun. It's awesome, dude. <laughs> of course, you should do that. Yes. However, I will say that I imagine it'll probably be a matter of hours where I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. But for now, it's a goof it's, and I'm having it. It's going to take one really, really bad customer. Well, you have to understand I deal with horrible people on a daily basis in my job. You know what? You're right, dude. It's a thankless job and there are no tips and, and there is no driving to a different location. It's staying at one spot, helping a bunch of people that are usually probably pretty nice. Some people are just assholes. You know, it's built in to the into the blueprint. But like. Most people in my field tend to come in and they're acting a certain way because of anxiety, fear of the unknown, claustrophobia, oh, things like that. Yeah, that's the big one. That, 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 exactly. Yeah. But for something like this, yeah, it's, I'm probably going to get some douche nozzle that'll, you know, say whatever yeah. to me. I mean, I, I know a couple of people where they've had some pretty rude things that have been said to them, but I, I think it's just going to be a matter for me of just going, you know what? I'm done. 
like that's it. This was a goof. And I, I, I accomplished what I needed to do. I'm basically trying to pay off a bill in about three weeks is really what it is. That's all it is. But anyway, I get that. And the funny thing, speaking of your job, I was watching a show that had your job. Every episode I watch, it's you. It's MRI, 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 MRI. And I was like, I don't want to bombard Dan with, hey, why doesn't this happen? Hey, why can't you find this in an MRI? Hey, what you would have been like, dude, if you ask me one more thing about MRI, I'm going to lose my freaking I don't mind answering questions. I can't guarantee I'll answer them all, but I definitely don't mind answering them. Yeah, but it would have been like, why couldn't you see this in an MRI? Why wouldn't this be able to show up in there? Why couldn't, because it's just, you know, it's it like, oh, because at first I was like, man, I wish I wouldn't knew how that worked. And I was like, wait a minute. I can totally text Dan or find out why that worked. But I was like, I'm going to leave him alone. And uh, so now I know if I hear any Uber stories, I can text you and be like, hey, why do that? Why do Uber drivers do that? This is very strange. I'm sorry to change the subject completely, but it's weird that Steven is on the show right now. And for some strange reason, I just got a... uh, a video chat. I had to decline it. Sorry if you're listening later on. And it's, this is why I declined it from Picard cast. Yeah, uh, me too. I just got it too. <laughs> okay. So it must've just been like a weird, like, oops, kind of thing. Like a butt dial. I almost want to just answer it while we're, we while should. we're recording. And just, totally and just, should, dude. What are you I don't think they'll call back, but if they do for sure, you know what? That's, that's, um, that's bad on me. I should have gotten another guest on the show and I fucked it's up. Got, so. Dude. No, it's like happening right now. They're like, they're like on, they're like live right now. Ah, okay. there's like a video and uh, Mark Bussing's on it. It's it's very oh Neil Tholander's on. It. It's very interesting. There's a bunch of podcasters on this thing right now. Bunch Rebecca, of good people. Rebecca Dowling, Dowling's on it, and I'm I'm showing them that we're recording live. As I'm I'm not talking to them, but I am showing them that we're recording live on Heroes of Noise right here. So I love it. Yeah, see how so, we all come together. It's just like a big old podcast orgy. Oh. Now, but it might not even be about the Picard show. It just might be a get together. Yeah, it looks like they're just kind of hanging out. Maybe I just heard Neil. That's, you know what? People need that right now. People need that. Well, that's what we're doing, right? Absolutely. Well, I'm saying like I'm saying like in video form. I think a lot of people. I think like Dan. Uh, I said Dan. Uh, Maj and I are dealing with. I think we're naturally kind of be like, oh, alone is fun. But a lot of people need that together. You've definitely got the alone is fun thing, Steve. <laughs> I love it, dude. You know what I mean? Like it's um I can't see us I even though I would really like to, I personally would like to have like a thing where we have like a maybe just once a month or something like that where we can all get together on Zoom or or something, even like this, like Zencaster and just bullshit. You know, it doesn't always have to be like a podcast or something like that. But I think the the uh Heroes of Noise community would be stronger if we did that. And uh-huh. I'm just putting it out there, Steve, that I would like to do that with you. So uh you're it's your it's your move, sir. I have way more That's time not than you true. do. But you could, okay, Dan, you do know that they would also just be like, hey, Dan could just start a video. Hey, there hey. we go. I can't you. Here's what I'm saying. <laughs> they would also just, you could just do that thing. You know that. Yes, I could. But here's, here's a crazy concept, Steve. <laughs> I know it's not. We could do that. And then they'd be like, no, no, it's, not, it's not the fucking hero of noise show. It's heroes of noise. And I think that it would be, and I'm not trying to, to scold you or anything. I'm just saying, don't be so quick to just, you see how he does that, Stephen? Oh, 100%. But it would be, yeah, 100%, probably weekly, right? Stephen, 
dude, help me out with this guy. Help me, help me get, help me get to the core of Hudson because I can't figure it out. It's been almost four years and I can't figure this guy out. Holy yeah, I mean, if, if it's been four years and you can't figure it out, I guess that kind of leads to the fact that maybe you won't figure it out, and it, it, it is what go. it is. I mean, as you were sitting there telling the Uber Eats story, you know, I've actually considered driving for Uber just to to kill some time too and make yeah. a little extra cashish on the side, but. Uh, sure. What I was the whole time I was just like waiting patiently because I wanted to hear for that that little judgmental Steve Hudson tone. <laughs> <laughs> and I was waiting. Did you notice? You notice that it did not take very long at all. No, it didn't. It seemed to come around like once, like he feels comfortable with the concept, then he comes around to it. Uh huh. But uh, right off the bat, I, I heard that that high pitched. Uh, okay. Little, there's that one hey since we're talking about that there are some definite tells so there's Uh that one but then my my Uh favorite steve one where he's just not buying a fucking word that you're saying Uh and you're like you could be like totally speaking from the heart too but if steve's not buying it it's this one you put the tongue on the side of your cheek and you go okay i would just say that one that was gonna be my other example that's it man weekly and i yeah and i've now assumed the role of just being like the comic relief i'll be like hey steve i'm thinking about finding a a way to better myself okay and then there we go every episode here's the the one thing i didn't do that to you though your broga i was really wrong bullshit you called it broga first of all (laughs) broga a bad word you it is what it is okay well tell you what i could sit and defend myself and you could defend yourself let's get a third Uh opinion steven what did you hear so uh, (laughs) for my good friend has been trying to get me to do ddpy for a long time sings his praises sees the the mobility issues that i have and just knows that would that would work wonders for me so when you brought it up on the show i was like oh that's awesome i get to hear because, you know, if you've been listening to Dan Ramirez, you know that his reviews of things in life in general are just completely no nonsense. There's no frills. This mm-hmm. is just what it is yes. from my soul. I'm going to tell you right out. I'm not going to give you any other fluff. This is what it is. So I was excited to yes. hear about that. I like to see his progress. And every time that I'm starting to listen, like, okay, Dan, <laughs> let me uh, let me get onto this. You're like, oh, okay. So uh, you're going to be a bunch of now, huh? Okay. <laughs> Suddenly, I'm wearing white robes yeah. and sandals. Yeah. Oh, he's on the Bali? Okay, that sounds fun. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously, that's why I listen to the show and I love every second of it. But uh, to say that it wasn't, I mean, The Art of the Diss could be a, a, a book that Steve Hudson writes. The art, there it is, The Art of the Diss. <laughs> it's masterful because he sounds like he's your best friend as he's saying it. Uh huh, thank you. But the third party definitely can hear a different tone there. And- Goddamn frenemy. That's what you are, Hudson, a frenemy. You know, you know, you, I will say the Bali thing. Yeah. Holy crap. Are you still thinking about doing that? Dude, I, it's, it was something that literally popped up like 10 minutes prior to us recording. And I'm like, hey, this just came up. I, I haven't looked into it or anything like that, but it sounds kind of cool. I wouldn't. I'm sorry. It sounds. I've never been to Bali. I can't even. I know, but you were really. This into is a it, very though. local joke right here, ladies and gentlemen. But I can't even get to fucking Madeira. Like I just don't go anywhere. You know what I'm saying? And when I do, it's a big to do. Like when I was in C2E2, I was walking around like I was fucking on in Oz or something. I was so excited to be there. Not to mention that we had all these awesome people there. But like, you know, a trip for me is like a big deal. 
So yeah, I'm totally down with it. And if I have to deal with some yoga ish people, that's fine. I mean, I'm not going to like, I, like what you said, I'm going to come back. Hey man. Cause that's how all yoga people talk, by the way, Steven, I don't know if you're uh, familiar with that, Mr. Farshi, but we all talk like this now, man. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I'm not doing it. I'm just thinking that Bali would be kind of dope. I, it's beautiful. There's blue waters and white sands and, and trees and shit. Why not go hang out for a while? <laughs> he said white sands. From, from what I've gathered, from, from what I know, quote unquote, from Dan Ramirez, I know that Dan would go. He would get exactly what he needs out of it for himself. Yes, and the yes. rest he would shed off. That's the and, truth. And there's nothing wrong with that. Thank you. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. I think it, it would be a... Here's what I will say. Like I said last time, I think you would come back different. <laughs> different. You would come back. But that's different. not a negative thing. It, no, it, it's not. not it's oh, not. You're completely right. It's not a negative thing. However, when it's Hudsonized, mm-hmm. it is totally a negative. No, 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 I think it's a positive. I think you like, I don't believe there would be a single downside of you going. I don't think first of all, you need a vacation. Yes. Like not a vacation. I'm saying like a go, not like, oh, I took two weeks off. What'd you do? Chilled at home, you know. Vacation. Like, no, 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 no. No. You need a vacation. And if that looks like Bali with a bunch of, oh, what's going on? If that's what it looks like, that's fine. But you need to go somewhere. Okay. So just to clarify, if you said right now, hey, Dan, what is your dream vacation? It is not going to be a fucking yoga retreat in Bali. I'm just saying I'd be down with it. You know what I mean? But I will say right now that honestly, I think I would, I, I do need a trip. You're actually, you're absolutely right. I'm cool with like Hawaii. I just need a place to go chill for a while on a beach. That's not, that's not California yeah, that's where there's a bunch of, Hey, you guys going to go to the dunes later? I don't need any of that shit. I just want to go and fucking sit on a beach with some beautiful people, you know, smell the suntan oil and just fucking chill. That's what I need to do. You know, maybe meet a, maybe meet a local who's like, Hey brother, come back here behind this corner. I, I sell you some stuff and you have fun for the rest of the week. You know what I mean? Like I do something like that. You know what I mean? But I'm just not, it's, it's, it's not just going to be anything. You know, for somebody that lives in California, your Hawaiian impersonation is really poor. It's fine. Dude, I have, I, don't you listen to the show? I do nothing but poor impersonations in every no, week. You're, that's not, that's not true. true. I think that you're very impressive, yeah. but your Hawaii needs a little work. And I'm surprised for somebody that lives on the left coast. I honestly, you know what? I have never been able to, I tried watching dog, the bounty hunter for a couple seasons to see if I could get it. And it just doesn't work. You know what I mean? <laughs> I about yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I just, I can't. And I work with, I work with a guy that has, it's weird. He was, I think he was born in Hawaii. He doesn't, he didn't live there for very long, but he goes back every now and then because he has a lot of family there and he has that accent. So I should be able to like mimic that. I can't get it. It's one of the, it's like a Christopher Walken. I just can't get it down. The Christopher Walken is special. You just yes. got to say shoots, bro. Over and over again. That's, that's it. That's all they, that's all they do. Right. Hey, what shoots, bro. Yeah. You never, that's shoots, bro. No, honestly, I never heard you know that. what? When we went both times that we've gone to Maui, we did like, like the first time was an ultimate touristy, Everything was touristy. I was with my parents and I was younger and we just hung out and like it was in Maui. It was uh, called Lahaina. Uh, it's, it's like basically the tourist town. And we mm-hmm. stayed there, hung out with some friends that we met at the resort and stuff like that. So it was a very, even though we were in Hawaii, it was very California is what I'm getting at. The second time was on my honeymoon. And that's when we actually went around and, and tried to like really look at the island and, and take it all in and meet the locals. I got, you know, something locals, not that nice. Some are, lots of them, lots like of them do not, they do not like Howleys. Not like, and, not a huge no, fan no, of the Howleys. 
No, and we wanted to go and check. Now, this was a huge mistake. I should have fucking watched Point Break before I went. But we went. I wanted to see where all the surfers hung out. I'm going to go with that. That's the reason we were hanging out there is that we were um, <laughs> we were we, we just we just kind of needed to be around certain people. Surfers seem like they'd be the right ones. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, they're not the right people at all, actually, because when we when we asked them questions, it was just like, you know, like essentially it was just like, fuck you. Get out of here. You're not welcome here. I felt like I was going to get my ass beat. So I didn't really try socializing too much. But and then there was another time when we were in this Lahaina village where it was like we were coming back from the the commercialized, you know, all every taking out all the stops. It was a, a straight up luau, you know, meant for tourists where you see the sun, the <laughs> yeah. sunset and all this, you know, people are doing like fucking flaming batons and shit like that. It was dope. But when we left that, we had to walk back to our car and we got accosted by like a group of young uh I hesitate to use the word thugs. I don't like that word, but uh, they were just, they were locals and they were not fans of us. We actually had to go into a bar and hang out for a few hours because I thought that they were going to take my new wedding ring and my wife's. Did they start yelling bang ring? No, they were calling us Howley. Okay. Howley. And I'm just, I, I couldn't do the accent, of course. Did they really do yeah, that? Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. Like I felt, there was a couple of times where I felt, <laughs> dude, I felt threatened. I'm in this beautiful place. I'm thinking everyone's cool. I watched the Brady Bunch. I know that shit, you know, when shit goes down, it's always like a tiki tiki situation it's never like the locals right and you wonder why they ate us yeah (laughs) you know that you remember that i don't know if anyone saw that i'm an old guy but um yeah probably because they have assholes like me thinking that everything's like the brady bunch when when i go but in you know in all seriousness i was trying to be cool with people and i did meet a uh, considerable amount of really really cool locals but there are some locals that are just not fucking with anyone that's not from the main like that's from the mainland i should say yeah, I, I know that the racism out there is pretty harsh, too. They don't like us. Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of in between, though, it's man. It's kind of weird. I'm like, hey, if there was a war, you do know we would be, like, chilling, right? But right now, they just don't, well, I guess we just don't click. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know! But, I yeah, it's funny, because, uh, uh, like I said, a few, I, I know a few people that live out there, and um, they seem to love it. Now, mind you, they live in sections where maybe I could see how locals would be like, oh, five big old house doing this. That might be what rep- they represent. And they're like, ugh, maybe it's that thing. But they're like, oh, I love it in my big house on this side of the out uh, on the side of the island. I'm like, maybe that's why you love it, maybe. And maybe other sides of the island is not too cool. I don't know. There are definitely sides of the island that are not too cool for certain people. But, you know, it's funny. Those are like the most beautiful parts of the island. It makes sense. Like, get the fuck out of here, you goddamn howlies. Like, this is our place. Don't trash it up. Don't throw your shit around. Don't, you know what I mean? I get that. But they come hardcore. At least they did when I was there. Oh, totally, dude. And and I do, again, going back to the travel, I do want to travel. I do want to go play. I, do, I am researching where there's the least amount of parasites in places <laughs> so that I'm like, okay, I'm the safest here. And so I want to go somewhere where, where you know, I, I can kind of not worry about all that kind of stuff because otherwise I'll be in my own head. And so, yeah, I do want to go away, you know, somewhere. I will say, Steve, that I think, I think that uh, regardless of what I just said, I think Hawaii would be good for you. You have your buddy there. So you're kind of already like not necessarily protected, but you have some rep. You know what I mean? So you can go and you can, you can be with an actual local and hang out. And I think that would be good. When I went to Hawaii, I, I went with locals. And, you know, we we were in Waikiki Beach for like five minutes. The rest was just all over the island. And we stayed in Mililani, which is, you know, in the mountains, like the interior part. Yeah. And, you know, everybody was amazing. 
but I just happened to be, you know, with the locals. You know what I mean? I, I came with people that that are that are from there and and, and understand mm-hmm. how to do things and everything. So I had a very enjoyable experience. But I can imagine that if I would have rolled up in my flip flops and my five XL Hawaiian shirt and zinc <laughs> on my nose like John Candy and Summer Rental and just been like, you know, you know what I mean? Then I would that would have been a different experience. Uh, fucking puka shells and all that. Like, hey, brah. Yeah, I get it. Fish hooks. Fish hooks as my necklace. Yeah, I think that's a very classic. Like that's that's honestly it right there. It was a a classic case of he's with us for you, and that's good. Yeah. You had a great experience. That's great. Yeah, uh, I got an uncomfortable question that I don't know why people consider like casual. I don't. What uh, Farshid? What is your nationality, bro? Uh, my dad is from Iran, and my mom was born in Key West, Florida. Is that dude? You know what's interesting? My friend, um, uh, I can say his name, Amir. Amir was going to take me to Iran. Yeah, um, and he's like, he's like, stay. He was like, stay with me. We're going to go to Tehran, yeah. and we're going to chill out with each other. He's like, it's like a big city. You'll love it. And I'm like, word. He's like, oh, gee, you'll. Lo- I promise you. I remember he wrote this big old thing for me in Farsi for my for my wedding back in the day. Oh. And he was like, uh, yeah, man, you got to come with me. I was like, I'm done. And it just never happened. I'm 42 years old, and I've been waiting my whole life for a "quote unquote" good time to go visit Iran. <laughs> and I just have I, I have a feeling that it's not going to happen in my lifetime. Uh, and oh yeah, now that I'm married, uh, and I, 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 you know, have expressed interest that someday that I would like to go, you know, to see where where my dad's side of the family comes from, yes. and and my wife is said, okay, I, I, you know, I'm going to come with you. No, no. No, no, you're not. No, no, and, and no, because I know the first person that looks at you funny for not having, you know, your your ankles covered. You know, you're gonna look back and tell them, you know, to eat shit, and then we both end up in prison. So that's that's just not gonna happen. So. Well, here's the thing: I would bring your comic books over there and bail you out. <laughs> I'd be like, do you know how much this is worth? You're asking for money? Yeah. This, <laughs> I get you out of there in no time, brother. Yeah, I, I, I really want to go. Please, I mean, I mean, I speak Farsi. You know, I, I, I love, I love the thought of it. I you know, hear great stories from from my my grandmother and everything. It's just, it's just not a good time, and it just seems to be getting worse. You know, so. And I don't mean, and I don't mean Iran is getting worse. I don't mean Iran's getting worse. I, I mean that. You know the the relationship, you know, with you know totally, the whole totally. shine of America is lots of tension right now. Yeah, yeah. So, well, here's what I will say: if I'm in the woods and I see an American flag on the back of a truck, and I see like a flag from Iran in the back of the truck for some random reason, <laughs> I can tell you which one I'm running. To. I don't know. It'd be tough. It's a tough call. Uh, not for me. In the not woods, like, though. In the woods, oh, I'm dude, not sure. If you're actually. Talking? Like, were we talking like the woods? Like, like say, what uh, woods? What, where were yeah, the woods? what are woods? We in Northern California? No, let's just say Tennessee. <laughs> so, if you're in the woods in Tennessee, yeah, I think I would go towards the Iranian flag too. Not I mean, even, it's not a question, bro. I don't know. I'm not in the woods in Madeira. I live in Tennessee. That, that might be a trap. Oh my God, you live in Tennessee. What a random. Wow, yeah, it I was just random. Shot that out. Yeah, what and you know crap. why, Stephen? Why do I think that you? Why did I think that you lived in Las Vegas? I, 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 lived, I lived in Las Vegas for about eleven years. Okay, so you did. Whoa. Okay, so I'm not crazy then. All right, yeah. I remember that conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where I spent a lot of my time in, in Las Vegas. How does one go from Las Vegas to Tennessee? Oh, there was like four steps, five steps, five cities in between that. 
Um, long story short, my wife, when we were in Houston last was the last city that we lived in and she was starting her, uh, clinicals for her master's degree in midwifery. Uh, she, uh, she didn't want to start them in Houston because she can go anywhere and do anything. And I wasn't working and she said, let's just go to the mountains. So we, we drove around, uh, North Carolina, uh, Tennessee and just picked a spot and we pitched Chattanooga. It's beautiful. Me, like, like what in the world, bro? <laughs> I gotta say, what in the world, bro? I know. What I don't. Bro? I don't know what I'm doing here either. I know you're right. But, gee, but gee, it is beautiful. What in the world. <laughs> He's just gonna keep asking. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the second half of the question. I, like, like. Uh, I'm worried for you now that I know where you are, bro. Oh, I, I, I make I, I take walks around this neighborhood quite often, and it's a beautiful neighborhood. Where I live is is very beautiful and, and safe mm-hmm. and, and and everything. But I walk down a street that I normally don't walk down, and there was a lot of of things in the yard, oh, lots of signage God. and flags. I felt very <sighs> uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. And I don't mean the United States flag. You think you're uncomfortable seeing the U.S. flag? There's there's a different flag. They fly around here quite often that you would not be comfortable with at all so yeah they're they're starting to blend come on they're I, very fine people come on I think they actually do have flags out here that where they're blended perfectly so of course they do yeah. of course, because yes and here's uh going back to the uh you speak farsi which is one of the hardest languages to learn is it really so you can get oh dude notoriously my my um sister has a master's master's in linguistics that she always is like Farsi is difficult. Wow. Very difficult because there's nothing you can compare it to. There's certain, like she talks about how there's certain languages like Germanic languages where it's like, okay, we get it. Romantic languages. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You can, once you know one, you know a few. She's like, Farsi is different. That's why you get hired by the government because they're like, there's very few people that can go over there and talk. And I'm like, dude, it's just, for me, it's a beautiful language. When I heard Amir speak it, I was like, yeah, I need to learn that. And then he wrote it backwards. I'm like, oh, I can't learn this. <laughs> there's, not, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. It's, what was I thinking? Yeah, I go, can't learn go, Spanish. You go right to left, and it, it kind of messes you up a little bit, dude. What in the and and I thought when I looked at, it, I was like, I, the only reason he wrote it down, he wrote it down for my wedding, and then he wrote something for a tattoo I'm going to get. Now I I trust that this is what it says. Mm-hmm. We could be careful, but I don't. I trust him. I don't think he's making kill this man on his on my arm in Farsi. I he did he he wrote he wrote what I asked him to write. It's just so I'm like, this is the most beautiful writing I've ever seen in my life. You don't even have to do any sort of penmanship for it. It's just gorgeous. But the fact that you does your wife know? Did have you talked to your wife or in Farsi? Does she know Farsi? Yes. She knows the words that we use when we're out in public to make fun of somebody or, or say something. That's very which, smart. Which we don't. We don't make fun of people. We're, I don't know why I said that because she's very, very against anything like that. But no, if we if we need to communicate a couple of words like, hey, come over here or, you know, whatever. She knows those words. That is so. And do you have any, I don't know, you have children? We do not. Uh, okay. So if, if by happenstance you would have, you would have taught them. My father has two brothers and two sisters and all of them came over right after the, the uh, right during the, the Iranian revolution and they, you know, kind of escaped because they were, they were Shah people, you know, and that Shah was the, the, the king of Iran at the time. And he was very, you know, Americanized and there was a lot of relationships between him. Anyway, once that religious extremist took over, my family got out. 
and every one of the brothers and sisters, they all had one kid. And, you know, all of us, all the, the, the cousins are all, uh, like kind of like brothers and sister and mm-hmm. only, only two of only me and the one that was born around, uh, speak Farsi and the rest don't. And I just, I think that's kind of a, I mean, trust me, I'd rather learn. I'd rather know Spanish any day of the week. <laughs> Do I wish I could speak Spanish so badly right now? But the fact that I, I am multilingual makes me happy. And the fact that I speak Farsi makes me pretty happy. So it's a beautiful language, dude. I, and it's, he was the one that taught me when I first met him. I was like, oh, uh, I said, how did I say it? Uh, Iran. And he, he was like, no, don't ever say it like that. Yeah. I still and say I Iran like, oh, a lot, too. I, I do. do uh, but yeah, Iran is obviously the way you're supposed to say it. But but I do say Iran a lot. I mean, I've probably said it two or three times already so far. It's just, you know, I, my dad was so obsessed with being American. And, and oh, I was about to say it's that Chattanooga. It got into you, bro. No, 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 no. <laughs> it got, got a little, 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 little hooks in you, bro. <laughs> no, no, Chattanooga is Iran. That's, oh, that's, Jesus, that's a whole dude. different one. <laughs> I have to get right back on the plane and be like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> they probably don't even right say it on. either. But yeah, I, I think that, dude, I always was, when I saw your picture, I was like, I am going to ask him where he's from because he is not white. Really? I, I, oh, for sure. I'm, I'm, my wife calls me white passing because I try to say things. She's like, no, 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 no. It doesn't count. You don't understand. And I was like, okay, I guess you get it. I mean, Dude, I guess you're right. But You do not. Dan, yeah, did you think like, that oh, I was anything other than chubby white boy? I'll be honest with you. I thought you were like Italian. I, I knew the name mm-hmm. didn't match up, but I thought you were Italian when I met mm-hmm. you. Mostly because oh. you called me a rat bastard. <laughs> Get hey. over here, you son of a bitch. Get over here, you prick. Come over here, you son of a bitch. Hey. Hey. Say hi to your mother for me, you <laughs> cock bastard. Yeah. But I grabbed you on the neck and like, gave you a noogie on the top of your head for no reason. Who's this fucking guy? This fuck, I love this fucking piece of shit. So that's why I thought. Yeah. Otherwise, that I wouldn't. Is so, you know, I, speaking of that, I think I'm going to rewatch uh, the Sopranos, Jay. I was thinking about doing that too, actually. I, I don't think know I might why. Re-watch it. Yeah. I was looking on HBO Max the other night. And I'm like, I have not seen this shit in a hot minute. It, Dude, I've watched it three times every single time, just like The Wire. Yeah, what's going on? Well, it's just my mom. My mom is on her like fifth rewatch of The Sopranos, and I and I, no, seriously, yes. she's 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 out of control with it. But here's the thing: it's like I I can't bring myself to do it because there's so much content out there that I haven't seen yet. That's true. You You're know, right, and it's just so You're hard. Right. Like the only time I do it is when the new season's coming out. I need a refresher. Like, you know, I'm in the middle of Mandalorian right now. Like, cause I got to get so ready. Good. You know? so good. Yeah. But like, I, I, I want to rewatch it, but it's just, there's so much new content out there. And, and I mean, we, we're in the, the golden age of, 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 I mean, millions of, of services or hundreds of services that are out there are putting out just really top quality things. That's true. No, you're to- you're totally. And the funny thing is, like, have you seen The Wire? Have you watched The oh, Wire? I love The Wire. How good was The Wire, Farshid? I don't know. Top ten. What? How else you want me to put it? Top ten shows of all time. Is that good? No question. Whenever, if I when someone says you thought it was one way, but it's another way, yeah. I'm like, oh, that scene. If you know that scene, mm-hmm. I'm like, Jesus, dude, Marlo. Mm. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you. Thought it was one way. It's another way. Oh, it's such a good. Dan, have you watched The Wire? I, that's why I was quiet. I have not watched it yet. Oh, and, and here's, but here's the reason why. Pretty much what Steven just said. There's so much out there that, yeah, I know I'm going to get to it one of these days. And, you know, truthfully, it would be new to me, but it's not new to everybody else. And that's why I haven't watched it yet. Oh, you, but I, I think just to be in the conversation, like little things people say, it's so much of it from that show. 
Just go watch. I mean, I promise if you start it and you get to season two, you're not stopping. You're just going to go right through it. Dude. Agree with it's that. It's fantastic. Fantastic. All right. All it right. I'll do it. And now, so I'm going to have to add that to the expanse. And what else? Let's see. Uh, Black Sails is another one that I keep going. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get on that. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Black Sails, good show. Expanse, pretty, pretty decent sci-fi space show. But they're not anywhere on the level of the wire. No. Like, that's, oh, no, that's no. Not even, that's not even the universe of it. All I keep hearing about the expanse is, bro, it's Game of Thrones in space, bro. You're gonna mm. fucking love it. If you get through it, the first season, fine, if you why is it always that? If you get through the first season, you know, it's yeah. like I want to see them wow me on the first season. I don't need to have to get through the first you're, season. You're, you're talking to a guy that has a podcast on a space show, so uh, I, 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 it's it's good. It's good. It's 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 good. That's it. That's the end of my review. You know well, I mean? I'm going to be real with you. I totally do. I'm going to be real with you because um, what was I on? I was on Scenic Cast recently and we were talking about that. I can't remember if it was on while we were recording or if it was afterwards, but they were, uh, spoiler, Steve was actually telling me to watch that. He's like, I guarantee you're going to love it if you can get past the first season, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I said, cool, I'm going to watch it tonight then. And I actually did. I watched three episodes in a row and I get it now if you can get through the first season because that <laughs> shit was dull. Like super dull. Yeah, dude. Yeah. You know what? And I'm not trying that. to. I'm not trying to offend anyone that loves the show. Obviously, it's just you know this one mm-hmm. asshole's opinion. But I don't know, man. You're gonna have to sell this to me some more. <laughs> Pay me or something to watch this shit because it is not popping. Yeah, it's, I'm not gonna be the one to sell it to you either. I mean, like I said, I think it's good, but uh, there's a character that's in season one that doesn't really have much of a uh, a role beyond that, and I think he was the best character in the show. So I don't, you know what I mean. So I don't know what. Yeah. I don't know how, what to tell you from there. If that yeah. gives you an idea of what I'm talking about. So. Well, on the other hand, though, I will say one thing. It's that I am that contrarian where it's like if people are really blowing something, I usually want to see if I can find the negative in it. For instance, I've been talking about it for weeks. Tenet is another one thing. Everyone's talking about Tenet. And theaters just recently opened up back over here. They're going to be closing again shortly. But, you know, I had a chance and I still do have a chance to go see it. And I've been trying to get over there just to see this one movie, just because I want to see, like, is it really this way or is this just another expanse that people are telling me? Christopher <laughs> Nolan is like that way with me. You know what I mean? Like, I just, everyone just, oh, fucking Nolan. And I'm like, that's cool. I don't, that's, that's all right. You know, but I, so I'm just, I'm curious, but I really, really want to go see Tenet just to see if everyone's full of shit or not. I don't, I think it's going to be fine. I, yeah. There's no question it's going to be fine. No, no, like, no. That, and that's what I'm saying, Steve, is that I yeah. think it will be fine. I think that that uh, Christopher Nolan is obviously an accomplished filmmaker. He does make some, he has some some pretty sick-ass visuals in some of his movies. I, I get all that. But I kind of think he's overrated. That's just me. Here's the thing. You know what I think is overrated? Oh, I'm about to kiss off a lot of you. I think Do I said it. it on, the, on the thing before. Um, the Dark Knight trilogy, Jay. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. It's totally fine. But people that like are head over heels for those movies, I'm like, they're fine, but I didn't get what y'all are getting, dude. It's fine. Yeah, that's that falls into the calm down category for me. Calm down. <laughs> like, like, easy, guys. Fucking calm just, down. I get like, it. Heath Ledger killed it. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I get it. But Batman's just, on screen. We had a cool Joker. I get it. But let's fucking all just calm down a second. You know what I mean? Because if we're, if we're going to be real, G, like, can, we, can we just be real? Always. Not me. It's, it's Okay. You put anyone in that suit, it's not going to be much of a big deal to me. It's like, I love Batman. So when people are just like, oh my God, such and such is going to be Batman. I'm like, so he's going to be in the bat suit. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It's going to be good because he's in a suit. I like Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, you put him in a suit. 
he's Batman. That's just because we can make trick photography and make him awesome. It does not matter who's in the suit. It matters who Bruce Wayne is. Yeah, as long as That's Bruce, you have to cast. As long as Bruce Wayne you. is not off-putting, then it's, it's fine. Is. You know, you put somebody That's in there, it. and it's going to be. A, it's all about the writing and the, and the other characters, a hundred percent. Being and the best Bruce Wayne is still Michael Keaton. Okay. Oh, no. He was Bruce Wayne. Let's play a game. Okay. On the count of three, I want you guys to say who the who the worst Bruce Wayne was. Okay, okay. Let me think. Let me think. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Oh, There's two man. automatics, but I know who I'm going with. Mm, the worst Bruce. Oh shoot! Let me think. Bruce so Wayne. I gave you the name. Should I should yeah, give you the names of everyone names. that's played Bruce so far. Let me make sure I'm not missing one. Okay. Well, I guess we'll count Adam West, but uh, that's um, not that's not where I'm going. We'll go Adam West. Okay. We'll go Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. We will go Val Kilmer. We will go George Clooney. George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> we <will> go, <laughs> oh my God, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Oh, I Christian, forgot about them. Christian Bale. Uh-huh. Um, are we going animated? Let's not do animated. Let's just do action films right now. And okay. then, and then of course, um, I said Ben Affleck, right? Did I say Ben Affleck? Yeah, now you do. Okay, and Ben Affleck. So that's who we have so far. Okay. Okay? Okay, I, this is easy. So on the count of three, I want you to say who the oh, worst yeah. one was. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. One, two, three. George Clooney. Damn. What what was yours, Stephen? Clooney. Okay, so two to one. I think we win, Steve. Not that it was a winning composition. Dude, Val Kilmer was way worse. I don't know, man. I don't know who. Terrible. He can't act. They were both terrible. But see, the thing is, is that Val, well, they both can act, though. That's the thing. I think that's why I was so disappointed. It's like you guys are both accomplished actors. Even Clooney. Clooney was doing his thing, but he wasn't quite he wasn't quite the Clooney that we know and love now. Clooney wasn't trying to be Bruce Wayne at all. Not at all. He was just being Clooney. He was just being George Clooney. Clooney. Absolutely. At least Valkyrie was attempting to do something. I mean, I I don't know. I just think Clooney didn't even try. And I think that you could tell that he was dead set on not trying. No, this is me. I'm I'm not gonna do what you want me to do. Yeah. You're hiring me to be me mm-hmm. is what you're, I'm assuming. Because Ocean's Eleven, I can see that guy being being uh, uh, a sort of of Batman guy. But he's not who... No, they said George Clooney, here, we, we need you to be Bruce Wayne. He's like, all right, well, who's, yes. who's Bruce Wayne? Okay, well, he's a millionaire white guy. Got it. Say no more. He's like, I happen yeah, to be okay. one of those. I, I can do no more. I got it. I got it. No, no, no. But I'm going to give you some more background. No, no, no. I got it. I got it. Go, go, go. I got it. That's the one thing I love about Michael Keaton is if I met him, I'd be like, there's no way you're this mass crusader. You're not him because look at you. You're not who he's just the, that's why I liked his Bruce Wayne because a, he didn't like the money he had. He was just like, yeah, it's all ridiculous. This house is ridiculous. This table is ridiculous. How big everything is, is insanity. I get it. I'm like, okay, give me that Bruce Wayne where he's just like, yeah, he was a little bit of fuck my life. Wasn't he? Exactly. He was just like, <laughs> he's, and when the guy was like, "This painting is," he's like, "Yeah, that painting is this or whatever." He's like, "How do you know?" He's like, "Look, I bought it." Because he's like, "Yeah, it's ridiculous. This whole thing that we're in is ridiculous." I'm like, "That's the Brisbane we need today." Where they're like, "This money, I shouldn't have this much. Why do I have all this?" So the only thing I could do is make a bat cave with every cool thing in the world and fight crime because I have too much money. It's ridiculous. I'm like, "Yeah, I like that guy." I don't like Ben Affleck, that whole at the end, which was cute, where he's like, yeah, I bought the bank. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make me like you more. 
<laughs> the fact that you could buy a bank and pay off people's, yeah, I don't like that. But the, I like the Michael Keaton screw the rich sort of thing. I like that right now. Yeah, he was flexing a little bit, wasn't he, when he said I bought the bank? Yeah, dude. But like, yeah, you do know you could have just paid it off, right? I could have. <laughs> done it that way. It's like, I'm fucking Bruce Wayne, though, Steve. <laughs> you know? And here's the funny part. We now have a rich guy that's so rich in America that if he woke up with Bruce Wayne's money, he would kill himself. He'd be like, what have I done? I've lost everything. <laughs> Life sucks so bad right now. <laughs> I'm a trillionaire. How did I get a few billion? What happened? You're like, this poor bastard. This poor Bruce Wayne guy. We should start a GoFundMe for him. Dude, he would look at his account and be like, I'm poor. Now I know what the poor feel like. Oh, my God. Rubbing I elbows have- with the poor. <laughs> <laughs> rubbing elbows you, you, you have such cool little ways yeah. of putting jokes yeah i just yeah. made that one up brother i just made it up right <laughs> top of my head. But i'm saying not many people would have like done that rubbing elbows but that's so cool God, elbows get rubbed much. I love the accolades that Steve Hudson gives you all. Thank and you. It, no, it's beautiful though, Dan. I mean, deserved, not deserved, whatever, kind of weird, kind of creepy. I don't care. I, I love it. It's just love in between the two of you, and it's just the reason why we listen. Thanks, brother. There, there is one that I would like to point out. I, I Like I said, I had to edit because it was a Zencaster, so I was editing last week's, and um you know, I just didn't do a lot of homework when it came to like the reviews. It was very quick. We, we, I actually did homework, but we like talked so long that we had to like really cut it down. And when that happens, I tend to get kind of flabbergasted and I'm not exactly sure what I should put in and what I shouldn't. Right. So I just did this very quick. I don't even remember which one it was, but it was like, yeah, here's the shittiest review I have ever done. Blah, blah, blah. Go fuck yourself. This is a terrible review. And my man, Steve was like, that was a wonderful review, Dan. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like thanks, man. You make me feel so much better about myself. He is the king of hyperbole, but I love it. Oh, it's so good. Dude, I wish you knew how I talked about you when you weren't around, bro. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I am very, I, I'm very like, I, I, when they talk about MRI, oh yeah, my buddy, my buddy, he's like the best MRI guy. Then again, he's, he knows what he's doing. There he goes he again. But thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I know that it's coming from your heart. And now that, now that Farseed has actually kind of confirmed that for me, I feel much better about it. So thank you. It's yeah, great. I mean, dude. You're the dude. But um, speaking of going too long and not being able to get the reviews, you want to do some, uh, you want to get to it? Uh, Yeah. You mind if I give some contact information Let's real quick? Let's do it. Right. Right. No, that's not the, hey, do the old song. You want the old one? All right. Hold up a second. Yeah. So you can do the pause thing. Oh, you and your pausing. All right. Hold on. You know what? I don't like it. I can't hear it. So bear with me for one second. We're going to try it a different way. Yo, much better. What's going on, everybody? My name is Dan. Welcome to the show. This is episode 131. We're with Stephen Farshi, and this is how we're going to break it down. If you want to get a hold of the show, hit us up at Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, hit us up at Heroes of Noise. You can reach me, Dan, your buddy, at DanQPublic, and Steve, the mocker, at SE underscore Hudson Music. That's Super Steve, uh, Fly Ass Steve. Uh, there's a bunch of Steves that we can call him today. He's the mocker, but I love him www.heroesofnoise.com ladies and gentlemen that's where it's at that's where it's happening that's where you go all right there what can you do it's a website you can do all kinds of shit you can push buttons and leave voicemails and buy things and uh, subscribe to shows it's what you do on a podcast website that's what i'm saying but there is another place you can go it's a bit of a safe haven i would like to see it get bigger and bigger and somehow it stays the same way but that's okay because everyone there is fantastic that is called the heroes of noise podcast community 
there's a thing called Facebook. I know Facebook, right? It's kind of like MySpace now, but fuck it. It's a very bitter place. Not here. Check it out. All we do is talk about like music and movies and shit like that for the most part. And I think you should come along. So again, here's the noise podcast community. Other than that, I'm going to go ahead and shut up because we have more show to do. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dan Ramirez. I'm out. Dude, that was incredible. That was freaking incredible, Drake. <laughs> I don't understand how you pause like that. Like, I can't, like, right when the music pauses, you're able to just... The reason that I stopped doing... There's two reasons that I stopped using that song. A, it's probably not the best one to use for reasons that... You know, podcast reasons. Let's just say that. The other one is, is that... um Every time we get to do it, you're always like, all right, do the pause. And I start laughing when I do it. So it's like, that is so good. And you take out the pause, I don't laugh, I do better. That's all. That's that's just, it's freaking amazing. That being said, I know we got some film news. We do. We have, we got a little bit of news and then we'll get into what we've been watching. Not necessarily all film news, but it's entertainment news. So, you know what? I think we should do this here. And you know what, Steve? You're throwing me off here. It's not your fault that you're doing so, it's just me. But here we go. everybody welcome to the heroes of noise news I, <laughs> <laughs> I have news for you guys let's talk about it something really bad happened eddie van halen dead at 65 ladies and gentlemen i know right now that i'm with two guys that aren't the biggest van halen fans so i'm gonna make this short and sweet i will say that uh we lost Eddie Van Halen this week due to a fight with uh, throat cancer, esophageal cancer, I believe. And he's been struggling with this for years. Uh, there have been parts of his tongue that have been removed. Uh, there was a point in time where he really couldn't speak very well anymore. He was on all these crazy medications that were making him kind of act nutty. And I think he might have been a little nutty to begin with. But the one thing about Eddie Van Halen, and you may have heard it at the beginning of the show, is he was a masterful guitar player. Just highly influential, wrote some of the best tunes back in the 70s and 80s that I personally like. He is like the king of the rock fucking party jam guy, Van Halen. That's who you want at your party. That's who plays your birthday party. Not that Sammy Hagar shit, David Lee Roth. That's a whole other story, though. But this man, born in the Netherlands, raised in Pasadena, California, him and his older brother decide they're going to start a band. His brother, Alex, picks up the freaking uh, guitar which was funny. And Eddie was on the drums. Clearly they were in the wrong positions and they switched over. Next thing you know, Van Halen's huge. We had them for many, many years, but yes, we, we, uh, we lost Eddie and it was sad to me, man, because it's like, you know, even when you're like a fan of somebody and then they start to fall off, you're not really into their music anymore. You really can't ignore what they've done, their accomplishments. And I think that when people think of rock gods, guitar gods, Eddie Van Halen is always going to be one of the very first people that pops up. It's a huge loss to the rock world. So you know, I just wanted to uh, say that I'm I'm quite sad about it. I would give my condolences to everyone that's in his family. But let's face it, folks, they're not listening. But to the people out there that are feeling my sadness, you know what? My thoughts are with you because Eddie's dead. I did think it was kind of cool, though, that some people did come together and they did ask about like, you know, like rock peers, other celebrities, what they felt. Uh, the I guess what I could say is like, you know, their thoughts on him dying and, and how it made them feel. And the saddest one, though, man, was poor Wolfie. Because, you know, it's his dad, his son, Wolfgang Van Halen. And he wrote this tweet and it was really sad. It says, I'm going to go ahead and read it for you. I can't believe I'm having to write this, but my father, Edward Lodovic Van Halen, has lost his long and arduous battle with cancer this morning. He was the best father I could ever ask for. Every moment I've shared with him on and off stage was a gift. Guys, he played with him on stage in Van Halen. That's a fucking gift right there. He just said so. He said it in the tweet. My heart is broken, and I don't think I'll ever fully recover from this. That's him, not me. But yeah, my heart's broken too. And it says, I love you so much, Pop. 
I, I'm a, a real softy when it comes to the loss of a father. I mean, I'm still dealing mm-hmm. with that shit like nine years later, but to lose Eddie Van Halen as a father, the guy that taught him how to be this, like, just think like, just think if your dad is like, Hey, you want to join this really famous band and then just tour the world with me and I'll make you awesome at the same time. That's a fucking gift right there. So, you know, my best goes out to the family, but there was a few people that did leave some comments on Twitter and whatnot. And like, uh, David Lee Roth put what a long, great trip it's been, which is, you know, you could have said a little more, Dave, but what are you going to do? Sammy Hagar, heartbroken and speechless. My love to the family. Gene Simmons, my heart is broken. Eddie was not only guitar God, but a genuinely beautiful soul. Rest in peace, Eddie. Eddie Van Halen dead at 65 from cancer. Nikki Six from Motley Crue, crushed. So fucking crushed. RIP Eddie Van Halen, you changed our world. You were the Mozart of rock guitar. Travel safe, rock star. And then our buddy Lenny Kravitz, Steve. Legendary guitar and musical innovator, Edward Van Halen, 1955 to 2020. Heaven will be electric tonight. Can you imagine the jam session that's going on in heaven if heaven really existed? Beautiful, man. Man, I'm telling you what. It's a a goddamn shame. But, you know, we all have our time. I mean, that's really what it's about, right? I'm not going to get all philosophical on your shit. But people die. The, the, The machine wears out. Cancer's a bitch, and it took someone that was super awesome. I can't say that I was really into their music in the last, jeez to be quite honest with you, a couple decades, but I did appreciate and respect Van Halen. So my heart goes out to the fans that are missing Eddie. Right Absolutely. Now. You know Absolutely. what I mean? All right. I got more bad news, more bad news. Uh, now, uh-oh. Steve, I think you'll, I think you'll feel this. Uh, Steven, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you watch this or not. So uh, let me know what you think. Teenage bounty hunters canceled by Netflix after one season. This is a fucking travesty right here. Oh yeah. I saw, I only saw three episodes. So, Oh, then it, what? That's all? Okay, yeah. so apparently you weren't feeling what I felt. You made it sound like you watched the whole series. No, no. I thought it was, I was, it, was, it, was, it, was it was cute. All right. Well, I'm going to say it. I'm going to rep this show. It should, okay. And here's the thing that pisses me off the most about it is that it leaves you on a cliffhanger. You kind of know, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Farshid, have you seen this? I have. Okay. So then, you know, like the, the cliffhanger and how they kind of, they sort of drop it right at the beginning of where the show's going. And it's very subtle. And if you don't, if you if you miss it, you just don't know what's going on. They leave us on this cliffhanger. Where we find out some information about about their mother, and now it's all gone. They've done this to us several times now. Mine Hunter, I believe, is another one. Um, what was that show? Uh, I always the San. Uh, God damn it, the Diet, Santa Clarita Diet. That's another mm-hmm. one they did it to. They so keep, good, dude. dude. What the Ugh. fuck is up with Netflix? Always doing this. I, I don't understand it. Dude, I want to be like all upset and get on here and be like, oh, sons of bitches, I can't believe it. But I'm numb to it now. I mean, yeah. it's just, you know, I'm just numb to it now. I mean, I almost, it's almost, almost like they tell you in advance, hey, don't get too attached. You know, when I was doing the, re- the reviews for Picard cast, you know, it's like we were talking about it. And this is before they, they just really announced the second season or at least that I knew about it. And it's just like, even as I get excited about something, I have to like mm-hmm. dial it back. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I, I'm invested now. And like you said, it's happened so much, particularly on Netflix. And this was this one was a shame. This one really hurt. I mean, a lot of the, the shows on there, they're they're good and original, but this one this one had a little this was something for everybody. And it was really well done. Um, well acted by everybody. It was it was it was a show that I would never have found myself thinking that this is all something I, I it's a must watch for me. But totally. at, the, at the end, I just found myself calling everybody I know and recommending, hey, you got to watch the show. You got to watch it. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. There's, there's obviously reasons that are way beyond our pay grade. 
You know what I mean? And and, and it sure. viewership numbers. I mean, now that everything's streaming, you don't need the, the the Nielsen system anymore and have boxes and families' houses to find out what they're watching. You just type a little bit of this and this in a computer, and it tells you who's watching, who's downloading, who's not, whatever. So there's a reason, and I, I can't. I don't know what it is because everybody that I know that I spoke to about it loved it, but the numbers weren't there for whatever reason. And, and now Glow, Glow too, same situation. Yeah, so. that's another one. Thank you for reminding me. That was uh, pre notes by the way, or post notes. So yeah, mm-hmm. glow too, man. That's the same. And that's the thing. I've only seen season one of that. And the only reason that I haven't watched anymore is just because there's so much going on and I try not to get invested into too many multi-season shows. You know what I mean? But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, glow was fantastic from what I've seen of it. Betty Gilpin. Come on, man. Betty no, they did great. Gilpin. Betty Gilpin is amazing. <laughs> she was, she's you so know. good. From now on, here's what's going to happen. I think they're screwing themselves because a lot of people are going to say, I'm not going to start a Netflix show until there's two or three seasons, which means they're not going to get a lot of viewers for the first season, which means they'll be like, oh, people probably don't like it. No, people just don't want to invest in anything that you're putting up there because you might take it down after a season. So I like for me, I think I'm going to wait till like two or three seasons of a Netflix show is happening and be like, okay. Because sometimes they'll just... Netflix has the money to be like, we've purchased two seasons of a thing. And be like, okay, well, at least they're going to have two seasons. Like, I knew The Witcher was getting a second season. There was no question. I was like, yeah, because the numbers are out of this world. But when you look at Teenage Bounty Hunters, they might have seen, because Netflix can tell how much of a show people watch before turning it off. So they might see, oh, you know what? People are only watching this bits at a time. Netflix wants you to just blow through things. They're like, people aren't just blowing through these shows. You know, sometimes they make wise decisions. Again, this is completely opinion-based, right? Like, if I'm not into it, this is a bias completely. But, like, the Dark Crystal series, that shit should have been done years ago. And it was a disaster. Yeah. And they and they canceled yeah. it with good reason, right? But I just don't understand this one. Like, how is Warrior Nun getting a second season and Teenage Bounty Hunters isn't? It does not make sense to me. But you're right, Stephen. It's probably money. There's lots of logistics involved. Maybe it has something to do with the actors and their availability. I don't know. But be that as it may, it's totally sad that Teenage Bounty Hunters is gone. You know what I want to do? I want to create a streaming service that's like the Island of the Misfit shows. All the canceled shit. Give it to me. I'll give it out. I'll make a lot of money off that. But the I funny think. thing is, that's what Netflix has been. That's what Netflix was three, four years ago. You remember with Arrested Development? They they picked up Arrested Development, which is a beloved show, and I mean, ran into the ground. But still, they they picked up these shows. Like, look what they're doing with Cobra Kai. I mean, we weren't ever supposed to get a third season, but now that the popularity's there, because Netflix picked it up from YouTube, you know, hopefully we'll see them follow suit with Wayne. You know, and 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 we'll get this. That's what Netflix is supposed to be. But them themselves is becoming these. I, I don't know what to call them. And these the Lee Iacocas just going around and just just chopping. You know. Yeah. Hey, I will say though that uh, Wayne is not lost because later this year Amazon Prime actually got it. So Prime Video will be playing Wayne now. And if everything goes well, according to Sean Simmons, you will get a second season. That's so everyone. When that show comes out, watch the shit out of it. I don't care if you just leave the room. Just play it. Just keep playing it because we want, there's a lot of people that want to see this and it should have never been canceled. Well, you know, the thing is, it's like YouTube. How how far is that really going to go? I don't think that YouTube TV or premium or whatever it is really is going to have the legs, at least at this point in the game. There's too many other streaming services out there. So it, to me, it's, it makes a lot of sense that it's taken from there, much like uh, Karate Kid or excuse me, Cobra Kai. I did not know that that was canceled though. Was that the case? Did they cancel it on YouTube? No, it's not that they canceled. They just, they dissolved. They decided not to produce any more original content. Yeah. So on one hand, kudos to Netflix for taking some shows and, and 
making them greater by giving them a better audience. You know what I mean? But in this case, that's a ding for you, sir. Teenage bounty hunters should have been at least two seasons, at the very least two seasons. It's not, I'm going to stop crying about it. But if you were expecting season two, it's not there. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. What I think that they might move for move closer to is the model of, of week by week. And I know that's going to cause the internet trolls to go nuts. And as we're seeing with the boys, how upset everybody is about it. I think that's just, it's just a smart thing to do. It, you you spend all this time and this money creating something. Everybody watches it in the first two weeks and the buzz is gone and everybody, okay, what's next? What's next? But week to week now, they'll be able to gauge the interest. And before they even, you know, decide to proceed, you'll, they'll know right away. You know what I mean? Right. Yep, so I right. just think that's the format they're going to eventually have to go to across the board. I think I think uh, I, I think it would be a bad move for because the worst thing you can do is take something away that you've given someone. If you want to do that, great, but you should start like that. You can't be like we're going to do we're going to drop them all as bingeable, and now we're going to go week to week. That is just going to piss people off yeah. to the utmost. Yeah. Taking away something is way harder than never to have given that thing to someone in the first place. But Steve, they should just stick with it. Piss them off to what end to piss them off to where they're not going to watch anything streaming anymore on Netflix. I mean, come on, you can get upset about by current news and then get on the internet and just be, you know, a tough guy and you're still watching it next week when it comes out. Oh, you know for sure. I mean? I don't, but see, I don't know if, like Netflix. I don't see them doing that. Netflix is one of those things where like, that's what they built their platform on. They're like, you don't have to wait anymore. You can just do this thing. And they did do one of the, what show did they do that week to week with on Netflix? Oh God, I'm forgetting the name of it, but I was just trying to remember right now. It's the David Letterman. My next guest, I believe is what it's called. That's a week to week show. Didn't they do it with another one? No, I think there was another show. And they're also doing it currently with Great British Baking Show. Oh yes, that's right. That's the other one. Those make sense. But when you're doing a, like, when there is an overarching theme, like if they tried to do that with The Witcher, oh dude. Oh, dude, like shows like these competition shows, talk shows. Oh, yeah. Do week to week. But their 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 benchmarks or their big their big flagship shows. No, I don't see them ever doing that. Only because um, like right now, they're always what is Netflix is always operating like two or like a billion dollars in the red all the time. And so they're like, well, we need every every like set of eyes on our screen at all times. And the the reason they have eyes on their screen all the time is because people are binging and binging and binging. And the good thing about Amazon, they don't have to worry about that. Why? Because they're seeing they're, the person at the head is a trillionaire. They're never going to have to worry about making that decision. They're going to be like, like the boys, if they want to do week to week, fine. If people are going to stop watching it, fine. I'm a trillionaire. It doesn't matter to me. They got to worry. Hastings is not that guy. He has to make sure that things are going okay. Amazon's in a different ship entirely. Yeah, they're probably more financially calloused. They're like, that's oh, cool. Dude. That's cool. Because remember, this is a side thing. They're like, you also get Amazon Prime. That's the reason Amazon videos. They're like, oh, by the way, you also get it with this other awesome thing. So you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to can't. Then you're like, there's a difference between, oh, you can cancel Amazon video. No, no, no. You'd have to cancel Amazon Prime, which you never will. You're going to always watch your things the next day. And this comes with it. That's why they're in a nose. You're not going to cancel. You're not going to cancel. You can't. You can't. Well, that's what I'm saying. So be upset to what end? You know, if, if it's going to be growing pains and, they, and it's a model they're going to have to adapt to survive, 
then they're just going to have to do it and we're going to have to accept it. I, I mean, we're, I we're always going to be around watching this shit because where else are we going to get it from? We're going to take oh. what they give us and they're going to spoon feed it to us and we're going to be cool with it. We might it's, bitch, but we're not yeah, going anywhere. And the more we cry and bitch about it on social media, the more attention it's getting. So, of course. And also, it's like normally the, the, the market strategy is hey, there's one there's one crew that gets 60% and like a bunch of other crews that like split the 40. And right now, Netflix is the beast. But they're getting eaten away now. Like, they're good. They're, people are nibbling at their heels. The only reason Amazon's nibbling at their heels is because it comes with Amazon. Let's be real. It comes with Amazon Prime. That's the reason Amazon Video's nibbling at it. That's it. If it didn't come with Amazon Prime, I don't know if people would just go off and buy Amazon Video. But it does. We live in a world that does. It's definitely so, a perk having that. It's definitely a massive perk. Amazon, now, I don't believe, like, Apple TV is not trying to, they're never going to, Get, I don't think they're ever planning on being on the same like 50-50 playing field as Netflix. They know they're not going to bite that much in the market. They just won't. But they're killing That's it, though. The, they're killing it, but they're not being that they do the all, like most of the shows are that week-to-week thing. They're not even in that same... They're in the same umbrella in a different section. Well, it's like if you don't they're start like, off okay. doing it, then nothing ever changes. Bingo! They're, they feel like they're a television network. That's what Apple TV feels like. We are a television network that puts on shows like every other television network. Netflix is like, we're not a television network. We're a movie. We're a movie place that gives you shows also. When they're already done, we take them. Here you go. Now you can watch it all at one time. But once we get, like, the only the only uh, comp- competitor that is up against Netflix right now is Amazon Prime, Amazon Video. And I'm going to make a, I would not be surprised if, since they have a trillionaire at the top, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts eating away at Netflix, dude. Think there'll ever be a merger? No, no. You don't think Bezos Hastings, will buy him out? No, Hastings is never giving up his. If this is his baby, like that guy had a vision of, like, think about how forward his vision. He was more forward thinking than Bezos was. He's like, what if we can just send people? DVDs now. God, that seems so long ago. From, dude, and then he jumped from that into timeout. Now that we have broadband, they can actually stream video, right? Yeah. YouTube, right? Yeah. So movies, right? Oh, yeah. Like, Alright, peep this. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were like, oh, yeah, we can just buy them or we can lease the rights and just put them onto our platform. Next thing you know, dude. Mind you, this was before like Comcast figured out on demand. They're like, oh crap, we could do that too. There was a service that was first, though. The one that uh, the one that Walmart bought up. It was a service that was first, where they were, you know, just releasing things digitally. It's all streaming. I can't remember the name of it now. Not Voodoo. Yeah, it was Voodoo. That's what it was, wasn't it? Well, wasn't it one by one? They didn't release on like they didn't have a grip of stuff where if you buy Voodoo, you can watch all this crap. No, no, no. It was it was one on one. Yeah. Walmart had that thing called that Insta Watch. Yes. Remember when I got like eaten alive and I lost all those movies? That's totally my fault again. But that's what they were doing with Voodoo. I didn't know if you were talking about the same thing or not. But yeah. and then when, and then when Netflix, it didn't seem real when Netflix was like, oh, seven dollars a month. Look at our look at what you can watch. No one even thought we just signed up. They're like, you can watch all that as much as you want for this. But uh, obviously, it's, it was never going to be a profitable. He, they're like, Netflix is never going to be a profitable company. They have too many, they have too many uh, licensing agreements. He's never going to be profitable. He doesn't care. 
He just doesn't care. That's a Which G. is dope. He's a G. <laughs> He's a G. We need to have uh, like a theme song or something. Whenever we call someone a G, they get like their own little theme. I'm going to work on that for next week. All right. Just make sure you call someone yeah. a G next week. For sure. For sure. So I was going to do a couple other news stories, but we're going to, we're going to cut these short just a little bit. You know, read the fucking news, read the internet. It's all there. You're going to find these things out. I will say that I'm a little bummed that Regal opened up and now they're closing again, but it makes all the sense in the world. As of Thursday, they're, they're uh, closing 536 of their U S theaters. Apparently it's because they're pissed off that no time to die is going to be coming out. I mean, I see the point of it monetarily. What's the point of Con, you know, con- constantly teasing the public and teasing these companies if they can't stay open and they keep taking away all these movies that's supposed to make them money and get them back on their feet. That seems to be what's going on here. So No Time to Die was actually shelved until 2021, which has caused the owners of uh, Cineworld is actually who I'm talking about, the Cineworld group. They, they're based in the UK. They're closing all of their UK properties and they're also closing, I think it's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be 536 locations in America and they're roughly cutting 40,000 Regal employees across the country right now. So it's crazy. Mm. They're all on furlough. So it's a terrible thing. But, you know, them's the breaks, I guess. And I hope that we get out of this sooner than later because I just want to get back to normalcy and going to the movies and not feeling like I'm going to die and having, you know what, Steve, you talk some sense into me. Again, I kind of wanted to go see Tenet, but it was like, I don't want to die. So I'm not going to go. <laughs> Maybe it's I will. one of the things on the top of my list. No. We'll see. You know what? Honestly, that's the thing. It's like, if it, if it was something that I really, really, really wanted to see. And this one, like I said, it's just more to be an asshole. So I'm probably just not going to go. But locals, Fresno locals in particular, if you are still wanting to go to the movies, Manchester Center, still open. Don't know why, but it's open. And I thought that was regal too, isn't it? Hello? Did I lose everyone? Oh, no, I'm still here. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay. I was like... I- I thought you were like, that was a uh, rhetorical. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. The reason it kind of was, but it's like everything went completely (laughs) silent all of a sudden. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, but uh, yeah. So anyway, you know, if you want to go to the movies and you live in Fresno, go to Manchester. Other than that, you're probably not going to see a movie theater, at least the inside of one until 2021. Also, don't go. Don't go. But go or go. I don't care. Just just be careful. Just, you know, think of other people. That's all. To answer your question, Dan, uh, Manchester is a regal theater. Thank you. Look at this guy in Tennessee telling us about our city. (laughs) Fucking Farshid, man. That's why we have him on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Just just for that reason. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's the only reason. Bye, Stephen. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for having me, guys. (laughs) Hey, so lastly, speaking of the boys and speaking of Amazon, the series finale, the season finale, I should say, is actually on tomorrow night. And I just have a question for you guys. First of all, Steve, are you caught up? Yes. Okay. Steven, are you caught up? No, I think I've watched through five. You watched through five. Um, I'm going to, okay. So hmm, I hesitate to ask this question now, but I think I will anyway, if you don't want to. (laughs) Okay. Are you, have you seen any heads do anything weird yet? I saw, uh, uh, no, I I did see somebody message something about a popping. Okay. All right. You know what? I'm going to scratch that. Steve, you know where I'm going with this. Um, yes. any guesses on who that might be the culprit? None. Uh, and none. And I'm very, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the season finale. I think it's going to be a, it was, it was a definitely a decent season. I've seen a lot of people ask that question on Facebook and I've seen a lot of people give me answers and, um, it's very entertaining. I'll just say that. So yes. I think you'll all be very interested in tomorrow's episode and I will leave it at that. But I got to tell you again, I've watched this damn series three times, three and a half because I wanted to watch it in eight in a 4k 
it's just brilliant. I think it's way better than season one, and I cannot wait really? to see what they do. With it. I do. I really do. I think it's That's way so better. Interesting. I thought the first season was way better. I think my energy was a little higher for season one only because we were coming off of preacher and jumping into another Garth property. And I think that's, that was like, don't get me wrong. I loved it. But I think that that excitement was kind of like left over because we stopped doing the word and you know what I mean? I was just really, really balls out about it. But after watching these seasons multiple times, I personally think that this one's better. They're both, they're both equal. I mean, like, like they're both excellent is what I'm trying to say, but I just prefer this one a little bit better. I think it's because you get more backstory and you know, your, your characters get a little bit more rich and and you're learning a little more about them and stuff like that. That's probably the only reason. That's fair. I, 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 there were, I think I didn't, there were in the first season, I wasn't as bored as much as in this season. There were certain things I was like, why are we doing this? Fair enough. Then why, yeah, like why? Why do we have five minutes with this conversation between you two? This, this is pointless. That first season was like, ladies and gentlemen, the boys. Like, let me introduce you to the. You're boys. not ready for any of this. Enjoy. Not, and that's why I think like this. What they're doing since they went I, I, now, I see why they went week to, uh, week to week on this one. I think when you normally you don't do this sort of thing to like the third or fourth season. The first two seasons are like balls to the wall dude like lazy and then ever so often you'll drip in some you know sappy parts where you meet your mother or your dad i'm like but this was like there's some scenes in this that i'm like this did not do anything for the plot maybe it's because you're actually watching them week to week because i gotta tell you being able to to binge it all in one like yes. i watched it all in one day i didn't get that at all I really oh, did. For sure, because you knew that there was another one coming. This one, you see the time going down. So you're like, why are we wasting our time with this fire guy? Why are we wasting time when we can get, if you know that there's another one you're going to watch right afterwards, you're just going to watch it. Cool. I'll just wait till the next episode. But when you know there's a week, you're like, why did you waste time with this weird, pointless thing? I feel you. I feel you. you know what I'm yeah, no, like, I get what it. The crap? We're totally coming at it from two different perspectives. So I respect your yeah. opinion. I get it. You know what I mean? I just, but it's the boys, man. And I just I don't know, think you there's. drop those at once. I mean, come the fuck on. That is, there's just, in my opinion, it is one of the best shows that I've seen in a very long time. I like that absurdity. I like all of that just balls to the wall, pardon the expression, fucking diabolical shit that they do. I just love it. There's just, it's got. The acting is there's not one bad character on the show. The one bad actor, I should say, they all kill it. Even the kids good. The little kids really good. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. I, I think I think and mind you, I think it's a good show. It's just, you know what? I don't know if it wins the noisy. No, I, I, um, I don't, no, I don't uh, think it, last at this, year, it, I don't know who won last year. I think I know who's going to win the noisy this year. And notice I said who and not what. Ooh. I mean, I think I know that is too, without even ever seeing the show. Yeah. I, I, by the way, we're, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Fuck it. I'm talking about Ted Lasso. I know for you it's going to be Ted, huh? Have you not seen it because you don't have Apple TV or you just no interest? or? No, I definitely have interest. It's just I, none of the devices. I have all Android uh, devices. Oh, gotcha. So I'd have to get like a Roku or something to download yeah. Apple TV. So Yeah, and that's the thing. That's what I was talking about, about Apple TV. It's like it seems like they have such potential to just crush the competition. Not necessarily crush the competition, but I think they could be – just a hair below Netflix as far as their original content goes. And it's like, I feel like it's a huge loss because they need to find a way to get it to people that are Samsung people. 
You know, right now it's so exclusive. It's like this little exclusive club that you're in. And it's like, I think that, yeah. and there's so much that's being missed because of this. the Beastie Boys story was fantastic. Ted Lasso, fantastic. Morning Show, fantastic. I mean, they're all great, but unfortunately we're only watching them if we have Apple TV. So. I think yes. per capita, like Apple TV, like is blowing away the competition. You know, they're as far, smoking as far it, as like, you know, like Netflix is awesome. You got to have it. And there's a million different categories and things you can watch. But as far as original content on Apple TV, like everything they put out is, is like one of the best shows that would be on Netflix. Seriously. And like, and like even the stuff, like for instance, I'm not a big fan of for all mankind, but there are a bunch of people that are, it's just, there's, there's something for, yeah, I, I'm with you, bro. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to bash it. Like I said, I just, I think, I just think Joel Kinnaman is the most boring person on the face of the earth, but that's just me. But you know, there's something for everybody on there is the thing. This is just the infantile phase of Apple TV. I think they're too smart to not branch out and figure out a way to get their product out to multiple platforms. So stay tuned. I mean, it's only, it's just a little over a year old now, so we'll see how we do. Yeah. All, All right. right. So at a special request, ladies and gentlemen, we were going to just go right into what we've watched, but uh, off mic, we had a conversation with Steve, and, and I believe you have some, uh, I don't know if it's a question you have to ask or something that you want to touch upon, but the floor is yours, Mr. Farsi. No, I just, <laughs> my favorite episodes, and I know we're way too deep into this episode for this to be happening, but my favorite episodes when you guys go on music tangents, and even though that I'm top 40 Farsi, like I always like... <laughs> dreamed about being a part of any kind of like discussion or anything when you guys like start like oh let me hear what you're talking about here and you start playing a, a few minutes of a song and you guys break it down just I, I just i love that content and the thing that i i i thought about there was a song that i thought about that i thought would be like a perfect song that would kind of fit into like the genre of like the genre as you as you go <laughs> and and i just thought that baker street uh, by Jerry Rafferty. Oh, you are speaking my fucking language right now. Jerry Rafferty, ladies and like gentlemen. The beginning of that song, and like that, that song takes me on so many like roller coaster rides. Like it just starts with just sax in your face, just late 80s sax, just right in your ear holes. And then it's just like, sax. dude, having <laughs> sax. Great sax. That is nice sax, no? You <laughs> like the sax, huh? <laughs> uh, and then it drops off into like the. So and I just. Yeah. Let's see that shit. What's happening there with the, with the chimes? Come what's on. going on? Hope you're all enjoying your drive time home. Here's a little Baker Street, Jerry Rafferty, coming up right now. That right there. Oh, come. Hey, Dan, Careless Whisper or this? Oh, this. What is more? No. Dude, it's a competition. As far as the Careless Whisper, like That's bringing tough, it in dude. to this. <laughs> How do you go from zero to 10 right there? I know, dude, because you're Jerry Rafferty. You know what? This is complete affection towards the song. Like, I was in a band, we did a cover of this, but it was more rocky. It was kind of like so the Foo course, Fighters version, yeah. if you haven't heard it before. But, I, um,. It's fucking fantastic. And I think this blows Careless Whisper away. But it's got really as, as, as far as known saxophone. Known saxophone, you're going to give it to. You know why? Because you, the internet has made Careless Whisper a meme. Mm-hmm. So that wins. All you got to do is get someone to do something on TikTok and it'll surpass it. Like for right now, what are they doing? They're doing dreams with Fleetwood Mac. Have you seen any of those videos? Yeah, dude. You got that dude a car. Okay. Since we're talking about it, what's the first one? Like, where did this stem from? It came from a guy who was on a skateboard drinking ocean spray. 
uh, singing drinks. That makes sense because I just saw a chimpanzee, a chimpanzee drinking ocean spray with that. That was the most interesting pronunciation of chimpanzee. I just corrected myself. Fuck off, Steve. All right. So he was, he was on a skateboard, which he looked free willing, man. Yeah. It was the most freeing thing. And he started singing with it. And, and, and next thing you know, of course, all of a sudden everyone's downloading dreams because they're like, Oh, we love that. Oh, that song sounds so cool. And ocean spray stock probably went up. And so they bought the dude a car or whatever. And now everyone's copying it. But that first video, when I first saw it, I was like, dude, that is the most relaxed in this time. That is the most relaxing, chill, chilling on your skateboard, going downhill, just enjoying the wind at your back. Come on, man. I've seen several skateboard videos. Is it the first one you're talking about? Was it like a Mexican dude that was on a yes, skateboard? Yes, that's him. He's the one. Because all the, all the ones that I've seen, he definitely had the most chill. He, that's where, then he got himself a truck from Ocean Spray. That's crazy, bro. See, like, yeah, for sure. you're always five minutes away from getting tons of shit off the internet. You just have to do the There's right no thing. There's no question, dude. And, and that, that song... That's a great song. Fleetwood Mac's a great and, band. And let me tell you something. Here's why that song, I, I didn't know what she was saying uh, uh, during that first verse. But when she's like, it's only right that she should play it how you play the way you feel it. I'm like, oh, that's a genius line. I've been saying the wrong line for all these years, but that is a genius line right there. I did not know that's what she was saying. So groovy. Listen to that shit. Next up. Caller 7 wins a new pair of snow tires and some movie tickets to go see Tenet. I hear it sucks. That's what they say on the Heroes of Noise show. Listen up. Dude, she has a great voice, man. How about that talk up, though? See how I do the radio talk up? That's impressive. Dude, you do it so well. Like, I was wondering if, was there, like, I don't know too much of the history. Was there a time where you did the, the late night, the drive home? <laughs> I would never talk like that on the radio. No, but I did do college radio for a little while. I did. Uh, we have a station here in Fresno State, KFSR. <laughs> I did that for a little bit, and we also did some pirate radio. I've always been in. Some, I've always been behind a microphone in some capacity. But and there's a reason for that, sir, because your voice <laughs> gold. Yeah, dripping, Thank dripping you. gold. Thank you. Sorry, I just spilled yeah. some on my crotch right now. It's hot. Yeah, that it's was hot your voice. Me. Your voice just spilled onto your own crotch. <laughs> <laughs> that KFSR used to be a dope hip hop station. You know what? I, uh, college radio was a trip because I started listening to it in the '90s, and you know, I'm just, I'm dry. Like I said earlier, I used to have a job where I was driving around all the time, so I found this station playing great, like alternative, independent college type music. It would go to hip hop, to like thrash, to all kinds of stuff. And no matter what the energy of the music is on college radio, it always sounds like this. Okay, so that was, um, that was oh yeah, for sure, that was Slayer with uh, for sure. Angel of Death. Next up is uh, Cannibal Corpse with, uh, you know what I mean? There's just, there's just, it doesn't matter what they're talking about. They just have it. Yeah, like, it's like they uh, give them a shot of morphine before they well, go Well, it's on. the lack of confidence, obviously. That, that's what's happening there. You're probably Dude, right. Yeah. I remember calling in and I was like, hey, what's that jazz song you played a while back? The guy was like, I don't know. I don't know, bro. <laughs> I'm like, what? Don't you have like a, it's like, how long ago was it? I'm like, oh, you don't even know what you're playing. I thought you were a jazz guy. Like, on where this am jazz. I? He's like, no. I just, we, we have a, it's just, I was like, okay, I guess I just have to find it somehow. That was before, you know, we could just hum into a, <laughs> hum into a freaking phone and it finds it for you. Like, I just had to go to warehouse and hope for the best. Jesus Christ, how spoiled are we? You can hum into a phone and it tells you what song it is. Yeah. I think that's cheating. That is cheating, but it's pretty convenient when you need it, especially when you're doing shit like this. Yeah. I, you know what? I've been one of those that haven't done that. 
What's that I coming into a phone? I will not do it. I will just try to find it any other way, which is ridiculous. Use the technology, people. Don't be me. Use that technology. But for me, I'm like, I don't want whatever piece I'm off shooting that to to leave my brain. I want to still be able to, because once I'm able to hum into a phone, that little thing in my brain will be like, oh, I guess we don't need to do this thing anymore. I'm out. No, I want to always use that thing. Can you grow your own vegetables, Steve? He would. What? What happened? I just wonder if you grew your own vegetables because it sounds like you just you're 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 a man of somebody that wants to just do everything on on their own the hard way. Steve should be voting independently. He grows his own vegetables. That's the kind of guy he is. <laughs> Gee, I used to grow my own vegetables. Mm-hmm. I was going to say go out and, and catch your food, but I know that you don't do that. So heck no. <laughs> I grew vegetation at one point. They weren't vegetables. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, vegetables, but you know. Oh, that brother cocaine. The what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what I would do without you, Steve. I'd have no drops. You know what I mean? No drops. I like that. All right, let's get to movies. Yeah, we've gentlemen. got important stuff to talk about. This is what we've been watching this week. I have no theme for it. Maybe I'll work on that too one day, but let's go ahead and get started. So there are four things we're going to talk about. Three of them, I believe we have watched. Everyone watched the three that I uh, had sent out there? Yes. All right. Fantastic. Steven does his homework, Steve. I like that. Uh, Of course. I got to bring something to the table, man. I can't just sit here and talk about comic books for two hours. (laughs) Bro, you're bringing tons to the table. You're a fantastic guest. Thanks, man. Uh, First up, we're going to talk about one that I... I, uh, Thought I was going to end up watching this one by myself or alone, I should say. We'll talk about it. It's called Alone. It's on VOD. You guys did watch that one. So I, I you know, I have my opinion on it. I'm actually curious what you guys thought before I get into it. Let's start with you, Steven. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed this other than the extremely lazy title that I yeah. don't really understand. But uh, man, I was this was tense. I uh, the lack of like much of a score or any kind of music whatsoever. Um, allowed you to like listen to the surroundings. Uh, I really was kind of in the moment with this uh, victim here. Uh, I felt everything that she, well, clearly not everything she felt, but I, I was, I felt the, the tension. Um, I thought it was very minimalist, which is, which is great when you can do something with, with just a, a few actors, um, you know, little music, little sound effects, just uh, the, the, the little sound effects that they did use, I thought were very interesting like the thumpings and like the, I guess the heartbeats or the running sounds that they were, that they were doing. I, I don't know. I, I very much enjoyed this. I thought it was well, well acted. I thought that uh, the guy that played, um, um, he was in a, uh, Ozarks. Oh yeah. Anthony Hield, not Anthony Hield. I apologize. It's Mark Menchaca. And he played, um, one of the Langmores. He was one of the Langmores, and I'm trying to remember which one. Uh, Russ. Russ, I think. The uncle. The guy that had the relationship with the FBI agent. That's right. That's right. Okay, cool. Yeah, and he had the same kind of like ginger beard uh, the the whole time, too, with this mustache, this beautiful handlebar mustache this guy had the whole time. I was was scared for her life. I, 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 I wanted her to get away, obviously, and it takes a lot for, for me to be like really invested into a movie like especially watching in the middle of the day which I did um but yeah I thought it was I thought it was really well done and, and the main the actor 
Uh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't come with, I did my homework, but I didn't come with any of these names. It's I all thought, good. You know, actually I faux pod, go ahead and finish your sentence and that sentence rather. And then I'm going to go ahead and give the synopsis of the, of the story. Cause I kind of jacked up there. That's okay. I just, I, I think that she did an amazing job. Like even in the, the final scene where she's kind of laying there and like there's mud all over her face. And I her love eyes that are scene. all wide. I was just like staring at it. I was like, Oh, that, that just says it all. Like I'm reading yeah. everything that she's trying to tell me. And she's not saying a word. So when when I feel that when I'm watching the movie, I, I'd say you know, kudos all around uh, on on this on this movie. Absolutely, I would give it a um, three and a half out of five. Delicious bitches, delicious bitches. I like that. That's a good one. Um, real quick before I give my opinion, I'll actually have Steve go first. What I failed to do is give you the synopsis. Here we go. A recently widowed traveler is kidnapped by a cold-blooded killer, only to escape into the wilderness where she is forced to battle against the elements as her pursuer closes in on her. It's directed by John Hyams, written by Matthias Olsen, and stars Jules Wilcox. That's who you were just talking about, Stephen. Mark Menchaca, that is the guy that's from um, Ozarks. And then, of course, Anthony Heald. This shit is good, but I still want to hear what Steve says first. So please, Steve, go ahead. Um, I thought it was a, it was like a a solid a solid thriller. You know, you kind of knew there was nothing that was shocking. The only thing that was shocking was the end. I like how they didn't make someone what they normally make someone. I was like, oh, that's dope. Um, all in all, it was a fine film. I thought it was a uh, homeboy looks like a coworker of ours. Dan, uh, Dan. I, I, I knew you. Were, I was Jesus waiting for Christ. it, dude. That's really <laughs> Like to a T, huh? I know. Sorry, I realize that that's very like in the weeds, but you're to a T. Holy crap, dude! So I I was sitting there, I was like, "Yeah, it's." I like. Here's the one thing I didn't understand: what was the point of her husband having committed suicide? Well, I think it was just giving her the the background that she was off to do new things. That that put her on the road, basically. Yeah, but they could have used. And I think the only reason they did that was for a scene later on with a third person that he could use. Yeah, and I think also it was to kind of help her get triggered psychologically when he was, there's a certain part where he's uh, he's got a, a gun with him and he puts it down and he's like kind of calling yeah. her out. So I think that they utilized that just to make it a little more like, um, to trigger her, you know what I mean? Yes, and I thought that was a little lazy. That's the only thing I was like, because later on I thought it was, I thought it was going to come back into play. Like, oh, it had to be like this. Or I'm like, oh, it was just a narrative device. Well, then that's lazy. But other than that, I thought it was a I, fine film. I, you knew where it was going every step of the way, pretty much. And I would say I would give this, like that, uh, there's a, there's a you know, the old tree in the middle of the road thing. I was like, we're doing, we're doing that. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I guess we haven't done it enough. Um, I would give this a strong, like an average 2.5 uh, trees in the middle of the road. All right. It's fine. I liked it more than you did. Um, it was just something where I was looking for something. I was just like, I go on Apple movies and I'm just like, what can I watch? I, Cause you know, yeah. it's, it's freaking Halloween. It's October. I want to watch thrillers and horror movies and things like that. So I was looking, saw it. The poster looked a little reminiscent to see Thomas Howell's the hitcher. I don't know if you guys are familiar mm-hmm. with that poster, but it, I think that's what got me. It just looks familiar to me. So mm-hmm. rented it on a whim. And I can say that I was pleasantly pleased by this. The way that I tried to go about it, I was looking at it. Like I think most people do. I was looking at it through the eyes of, of the, the woman 
that's yes. being pursued the whole time and mm-hmm. trying to put myself in her situation of being, you know, you're traveling across, I assume across the country. I don't really know exactly how far she was traveling, but she's traveling for a significant amount of time by herself. And mm. what that would be like, like I have actually been driving before and thought, is this person following me? Like one time it actually happened. I was like probably like 19, 20. And uh, someone started following me. It was fucking crazy. And they, no matter what I did, they would not stop following me. I was going through neighborhoods. Like, there's no way mm-hmm. possible this person's taking the same, you know what I mean, the same trip that I'm taking. And they just kept following me. And uh, the weird part about it was it was like this big Cadillac with just one person in it. I couldn't see their face. Just a dark silhouette following me. And it got to the point where they followed me for probably about 30 minutes. I'm freaking out. I didn't go home. I wasn't anywhere near home. I ended up going into a drive-in theater that doesn't exist anymore and watching a movie all creepily by myself because I was all freaked out. So maybe that's why this concept kind of messed with me a little bit. But um, I just think that putting yourself into her situation, that's terrifying. You're, de- you know, you're for the most part, you're defenseless. Your, your surroundings are unfamiliar and you're being pursued by someone that clearly doesn't get the hint. Like he doesn't, he makes no bones about trying to get to her like just like from day one from minute one like everything that he's doing from you know and then think about that like you're you're driving away you you've eluded this this weirdo and like you think that's in the past you pull into a new town you're at a a freaking hotel hours and hours later and this dude pulls up to you that's scary you know what i mean and so to me, I think it is the the, uh, the the alone factor that actually made this movie more chilling for me. I think it was very well done. I think the acting was all done. And I think that there were a couple scenes that were quite graphic. Uh, there's, um, if you're, I'm speaking more to our female listeners out there. If you're triggered by violence, you know, from men to women, I, I think it's fair to say that there's a, there's a, I don't want to say an ample amount of it, but there are a few times where there's some violence and the sounds of like, you know, fist connecting face yeah, kind of yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. is quite graphic. So if you're not into that, that was something that Gail really wasn't into. And she actually stopped watching the movie. Um, so I think that should be known, but I think that the movie itself is, is it's great. Actually, I was, it was a kind of a breath of fresh air. I was expecting to get, like you say, Steve, like I know this formula, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and I did. But it was the way that they handled it towards the end that I thought that they pulled it off in a nice, unique way. I like the uh, without getting into spoilers. I like the what uh, what our protagonist does with the use of a cell phone at the end of the movie. That was a nice little touch that kind of, you know, Dan, real quick on that. Like you, you talked about, uh, you know, kind of hard to watch, you know, and, and this girl's clearly a, a victim. This yeah. whole movie from start to finish, she's being stalked or whatever. But I think they really do a good job. After she gets out and into the woods, I think they would do a really good job of just portraying her as not just like this complete helpless victim. Oh, absolutely. You know I she's mean? just fighting yeah. back big time. Yeah. But also not like this, you know, you know, kind of the extreme to the unbelievable, you know, like, like kind of like Be- Betty Gilpin in, in that recent movie that came out at the beginning of, of uh, what was the name of that movie? The I Hunt? really like that movie. I like the movie The Hunt too. But I mean, she was just like this unbelievable badass and and that's fun. And I like to watch that. Don't get me wrong. But I think that, that this movie, once she got out there, she, it it was a really nice balance of like reality, like what a person could really possibly do. And, and also like just not completely a total victim here, somebody that's going to stand up and, and try to make something out of this and use her head and figure out what she can do. And I also, another thing that you touched on, Dan, um, have you did you have you seen the movie Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? I have not. I have not seen that one. Okay, there's a scene at the very end, um, and I don't know how spoiler this this is, but like 
he goes into somebody's house because the person is inviting him and he knows that this person that's inviting him in is, 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 is a bad person is a killer, but like, he still like, like still goes inside the house and it's like a commentary on how we're so afraid of being impolite that we actually put ourselves in danger. You know what I mean? And I thought that yeah. this, 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 this movie had this like, really good like tension like what would i do in that situation you know the guys on the side of the road clearly this guy is is i mean there's no it's not coincidence that this is the fourth time you're seeing this guy right and this vehicle something is wrong and i think that she did a really good job the, the the character did a really good job of like trying to be sort of polite but also not doing something ridiculously stupid and and you know obviously it doesn't work out in the end but still like you know, she doesn't. You said this is something that you've seen before, and this is not like a new formula. Well, I mean, if this was so cliche, she would have put, well, "How can I help you? Yeah, come in, get in, get yeah. in my car." But she didn't, and yep. and and it's it's a it's just put yourself in a situation like, what would I do? I see somebody that needs help. I'm sketched out, but like, I don't want to be impolite. So what would I do? And I, I like that kind of commentary on that. Yeah, I totally get that. And you're right. It was like, a, and you know, I, I have seen a movie like that before, but I think the difference was, is that I was watching a movie that I don't, I won't even use the term cliche because I don't want to add any shade to the movie. I think this movie is something that people should watch, but being in these, for the lack of a better word, cliche situations, I was very interested in much like how you're saying how she handled that. It was not a cliche reaction any of the time. That's what made this movie fresh to me and made it to where it's like, oh yeah, I, this is something I can recommend as opposed to, ah, you've seen this before. So yeah. Yeah. How many people are going to, you know, crawl into the back of the car? Yeah. Like whether that's, that was smart or not, it, it was a move. Yeah. I you mean, it's, I mean? It, yeah, sure. I mean, it's like a, uh, I don't want to call it like a slasher type movie or anything like that, but it's, it's definitely, it definitely plays into like that psychological thriller type of a situation. Not so much of like, there's weird shit happening and I have to figure out what the metaphor for it is. It's just, you're in the mind of this woman trying to figure out how she's going to get away. What's her next move. Can she trust the person that comes in a little bit later? That, uh, is, you know, is she going to, is this person going to help me? Is this something that was set up? I mean, mm -hmm. think about it. Following me around, this could totally be set up and how that all goes about. And just, yeah, I just thought it was a really refreshing movie. So mm -hmm. I highly recommend this one. You guys, uh, it's alone. You can get it on VOD and it's, I think it's like six 99 to rent. Check it out. It's totally worth it. I will give this one a strong 3.75 tire irons to the dome. Nice. Well, what else you got? Well, real quick, we quantify that that I my rating just so I don't sound like a misogynist prick. <laughs> that was a line that the killer uses in the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't, maybe because, yeah, yeah, I didn't catch oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, He's yeah, a yeah. good guy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> give him a break. You know, I, I said delicious bitches on, on air, and that's out there forever, but it was something from the movie, I swear. It's a sound drop, for sure. I admit for one second, I'm like, damn, bro. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really glad we had him on, Steve. How do you think that went? <laughs> Can we have him on again? No, yeah, I don't uh, think so. Nah, <laughs> for a while. <laughs> All right, next one up. <laughs> this is the one that is on Shutter right now. It's a Shutter original, and I'm very curious to uh, actually. Just so you know, Stephen has already talked about this on another podcast, Pop Culture Leftovers. I actually skipped over this part because I didn't want to hear it because I wanted to hear a fresh take. So I have no idea what your thoughts are on this. Um, but I will start with Steve this time. We're talking about the movie Scare Me. 
During a power outage, two strangers tell scary stories. The more Fred and Fanny commit to their tales, the more the stories come to life in their Catskills cabin. The horrors of reality manifest when Fred confronts his ultimate fear. This movie is directed by Josh Rubin, written by Josh Rubin, and stars Aya Cash, Rebecca Drysdale, and Chris Redd. Steve, I want to know what you thought about this because you were actually the one that turned me on to this movie. Um, uh, so I was in, in the beginning, uh, it's, I don't want to ruin it for anyone because I want them to be as shocked as I was about how they go about this movie. Um, you know, I saw the movie, I saw the, the synopsis and I was like, oh, cool. An anthology, which it kind of is not in the way you think it is, but it's an anthology series and I love anthologies. And, um, so I was, you know, watching and I was like, oh, cool. What they're doing now is setting up the switcheroo in a few minutes. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Did not set up a switcheroo. That's how they do it the whole show. But I was in because I like watching acting. And by the end of the movie, um, I thought Chris Redd was fun. Uh, by the end of the movie, it, it, you're like, oh, okay. And it, the thing is, it wasn't a... It was different. I can give it that. It was very different. You have to like, if you like plays, you're going to watch, you're going to like this movie. If you like watching theater, you're going to like this movie. If theater, if, if theater and plays are not your thing, I don't know how much you're going to dig this movie at all. I don't know. You might love it. You might adore it. And then if you do adore it, I would say you should try plays and theaters. (laughs) You should try doing that thing. Because if you like this, you're totally going to love freaking Carousel. So um, by the end, I was like, oh, it's cool. I, you know, it, it was fine. So I would give it a, um, <laughs> uh, there's one part that I thought they were going to actually go all the way with where you see a hand that looks different. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I knew you were excited. That, if they do that, and they just <laughs> abandoned it. Not that it's a bad thing. But man, they should have went somewhere with that dude in all the stories. So, yeah, well, you can kind of include that part, much like you see the shadows on the wall. Yeah, you know, it's just, that uh, would have been I, if they would have gone further with that or yeah. farther. And people, I'm gonna give them my here's the thing: chill with the musical interludes. Stop doing that. <laughs> it's never good. Stop it. I don't want to hear. A whole song with people randomly. Like, a, oh, I was nervous, but now I'm going to do this. No, stop it. We're done with the music. I hated it. I I did about 10 seconds and fast forwarded. Um, uh, but other than that, it was a fine movie. I would give it a fair um, 2.90 werewolf hands. So I liked this movie. I actually did. Um, I know a lot of people, I kind of read a little bit about it, so I knew that it's not your traditional, yes. first of all, I don't even think it's a horror movie. I think you hit the the nail right on the head where it's like, if you like theater and you like improvisational stuff, this is the yes. movie that you will enjoy. Yes. I do also think, because I know a lot of people that are sort of dipping their toes and especially this time of year, they're dipping their toes into the horror waters a little bit and they want to, they want something that they can kind of get themselves used to before they go full on horror. I think this is a, it's a nice way to do it without actually getting scared. I don't really think that there's much horror to this at all. But I do think that um, the acting is is really good. Aya Cash shines in this like she does in everything, but I will have to agree with Steve that she kind of has one speed. I'm really noticing a lot in this one because it is just, it's it's Stormfront in a different role Period. without any powers. That's what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and it's also Gretchen from freaking uh, yes. You're the Worst. It's the same thing. It's just, it's, a, it's Aya Cash 
she's not a chameleon is what I'm getting at. But she, that said, she does very well in this. Uh, she, some of the improvisational things that she does in this shows the strength of her character mm-hmm. and, and also shows the strength of her acting in general. I think that she's, she's really good at what she does. I just hope that down the line, there's more from her. Uh, I'm going to make this a little bit of a shorter review, but I will say that I, um, I was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like when do we get into the full on balls out horror or just horror in general? And it didn't really give that to me, but I never found myself truly bored because I really wasn't, I wasn't really looking for that. I just wanted to see where this was going to go. That said, I didn't mind the musical scene. I thought that kind of shifted things into a different gear. And I, it's not that I was like, Oh, this is a great song, but I kind of, you know, things changed a lot when you add the pizza guy in. Yes. The whole the whole vibe changed up. So I kind of <laughs> was with it. I, I thought yeah, it was funny. It was yeah, it was funny, you know. And then without getting into any spoilers, the last I knew something was coming. It only made sense that that was the case, but the last like say 10 minutes of the movie kind of Oh, okay. All right, I see where you're going right, with this. Yeah. Maybe you should have done so a little bit earlier, but again, I like this take on how you guys are doing this. I think this is a perfectly watchable movie. Um I am a huge fan of Ayakash, though. That's the thing. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give Scare Me without much more review. I'm going to go ahead and give it a 2.5 out of 5 Coke-enhanced improvisations. That's a solid freaking review right there, Dan. Cocaine! Cocaine! You know I mean? <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's going, what about you, Farheed? Uh, so, yeah, I'm not... I'm not a horror person. It's not that I don't like it. It's just that I haven't really been exposed to it too much. And you want to talk about somebody dipping their toes this time of year, also based on people's recommendations and things that you listen to. This couldn't have been a worse like entry for me into this whole thing. Um, I, I just, I, I mean, I was bored to tears. I, I can absolutely see somebody, like you said, that was into theater were liking this. You say that it's, you know, if you're into improv, but this isn't improv, this is scripted. So the, the stories that were being told were not original. They weren't scary. I thought Rebecca Drysdale at the beginning doing her um, impersonation of Melissa McCarthy was probably yeah, pretty much my favorite part. And if it would have been like maybe her, you know, involved in this and her telling the stories, I would have been all in. <laughs> uh, I, I think that Aya Cash's snarkiness is a little played out, but it also kept me engaged. And there was a good like, you know, balance between this guy, just unsure, lack of confidence, you know, kind of a loser vibe that he had to it. 100% agreement, though, like when you saw the werewolf hand, I'm like, okay, this is what's happening. It's going to keep going. And every time they keep telling a story or more story, it's going to get more real and everything. I would have been like, cool, this is it. This is good. I see what's going on here. And then they didn't. And then it was just this, this random dude just, telling these awful stories and not being very good at it. Uh, absolutely agree. When the pizza go, when Chris Red or Chris Reed shows up, the vibe changes. It's good. I actually liked the song. I thought that once he showed up, things got a little loose. They got more, you know, vibrant, like, you know, even with, with the song, it reminded very much reminded me of, a, you know, one of the famous Buffy, Buffy episodes, you know, where they, they do a musical. And then of course the end, when it actually kind of comes into a, uh, crescendo there and you realize what you watched and why you watched it. I don't know. Um, I could barely make it and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I finished it, yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, you know, one and a half half eaten cold pizza slices, I guess. That, my mother looked good at the end. I was like, I've never seen a cold pizza look so delicious. <laughs> 
I was like, she had no, no chill. She was just like, you know what? I'm going to take this. I have no idea how old it is, but being that I dropped him off, it's got to be at least 48 hours. Tops, yeah, right? Also, yeah, yeah, that's, that's still doable. They, they didn't stick the landing. They no, didn't stick the landing. you know, and that's why I give it a little bit of a lower review, but, but for me, takeoff, let alone sticking the landing. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what, what, why didn't the direct, when he did the werewolf hand, they didn't look at the dailies and say, you know what, you know what we should do? It should just get more and more to the point of when they start doing these characters, they start turning into these characters. You know, you know, Steven, it's funny that you mentioned that, but like in the synopsis and what people are talking about when you read this before you watch it, it literally says that it says increasingly real. And you're like, they didn't. You're wrong. They You're lying not, to me. Dude. They really did. And I'm like, then why did you? I mean, maybe that was the director's idea, and it just never came to fruition. Because I, I mean, they they had such a layup, a yeah. layup they had. Yeah. And maybe dude, I mean, man, can you imagine if he would like turned into the troll, and then yeah. she's freaking out like, oh my god, what's wrong with your face? He's like, what? And I thought, I thought like that would have been fantastic yeah and even if they reset it at the end of each story and they just start laughing like oh that was really cool like that that, you know and they just kind of like brush past it and moved on to the next story or like during the story when somebody gets hurt and then when the story's over you're like oh that was a great story they're like why do you still have the scar on your arm you're like yeah something great that's a really good point. It's like, why show these little special effects that you're hinting at? You know, it's, I get it. You're using your imagination. They're using their imagination. But it's like, why do that if you're not going to do it a little bit more and make it even that much more creepy? That's a Dude, very good point. Like, why? And then when he did that thing where he was a werewolf hand and he was coming out of the shadow, I said, oh, boy, this might be one of the scary ones. And then they're like, oh, it wasn't. Yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, OK, cool. So, yeah, that's so that's yeah, that's scary. me. All right. All right. Well, that that is scare me on Shutter. Uh, I'm going to do a quick, quick, quick lightning round on this, Steve. Just stick with me for one more second. I'll let you go, buddy. Monsterland on Hulu. Um, <laughs> we watched this. I'm just going to give my very quick review on this. Uh, I watched the first episode only, and I got to tell you, I was bored to tears. I just did not find any redeeming value in the first episode of the show. Granted, there are several more to watch. I'm not entirely sure how many because my interest dropped immensely Mm -hmm. after watching Monsterland. But it is encounters with gothic beasts, including fallen angels and werewolves. Broken people are driven to desperate acts in an attempt to repair their lives, ultimately showing there is a thin line between man and beast. I watched the first one, like I said, and um, I, I I just could not get into it. I think that the accents were bad. I think that the acting was terrible. Um, I didn't get the, I, the terrible person. First of all, the, the, uh, I don't know if you want to call her a protagonist, but the, you know, the main person mm-hmm. in this is just a terrible person in general. And the way that this ends, she's still a terrible person. Apparently there's some kind of mythical creature that comes in and gives her like, Hey, this is what I do when I'm in a struggle. And, and then that she does that. I don't know, but I thought that the first episode was so incredibly shitty that I'm really not compelled to watch anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious what you think. I will give my quick rating on this here because like, I just don't have a lot to say. Monsterland is getting a 1.5 out of five little girls that wail like screaming banshees. Totally understandable. What about you, Farshid? Almost exactly what Ramirez said. I mean, the, you watch like Twilight and and there's there's a lot of misses. Let, let's be wrong. When you watch Twilight Zone, you know, and anthology shows, there, there's some misses. And then you see one or two real good gems that keep you coming. 
really don't know. And I can, I can excuse that really don't know why this was the first one at all. I don't know how you come out the back with this. I'm going to give, I'm going to, I might pick one random one and try it again later, but I have, uh, I'm just, I'm not itching to go back to this at all. Uh, I, I think 1.5 is a little generous, but uh, I'll, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with 1. 1, 1.1, 1 out of five uh, peeling faces. You're being real. I should have given it a one, yeah. but you know what? It's, I thought it was straight trash. So for me, I've seen, I've seen all of them. I've seen every single one. Uh, the first one was not good. <laughs> I don't know exactly what kept me watching. It's I like, was, why do you start with that? Do you know yeah, what I mean? And then what happened was someone said, oh, there's a really good one that tackles uh, white supremacists. And I was like, time out. Which one is that? <laughs> it was like the second one. So I watch it and they use monsters to tackle right, a white supremacist organization. As in like, they use the idea of monsters to tackle the topic of, of uh, like white supremacist organizations in Seattle, Oregon. And I was like, oh, Jesus, this is a like I was like, why haven't someone done this? before? But of course, you know, everyone has to have the idea first. <laughs> someone has to do it first. And yes. this person did it first. Uh, real quick, I, I think that's the whole thing, though. That's what I was gathering from. It's called Monsterland, and I think Monsterland, and that's why they're using random cities in the United States. Yes. Monsterland yes. is the United States, and it's filled yes. with monsters. I was and not I'm, even thinking that way. But that's what it is. That's what I thought. Like, there's monsters yes. in this, and we're going to show you actual monsters to represent the monsters that are in the United States. Bingo. And and it's it's uh, there's one episode. Uh, there's I didn't like those two last two episodes, even though I get what they were doing. I didn't like them. Uh, and the first episode I didn't like all the episodes in between there. I'm like, man, that was like, there's ones that you're just like, Jesus, that was a good episode. Like, but why start with such a snooze fest? And the funny thing is if that, that thing comes back around uh, that, that first woman, I'm like, did you just have this as the first episode so that you could watch it or you could redo that thing later on? Because they they come back around, they keep on hmm. like the different people of the different shows end up running into each other in later shows. So it's the same universe then. Okay. Yeah, totally same universe. And the New Orleans, well, you know what? Let me change that. I didn't like um, like the New York one was good. There's a bunch of them that I dug. The zombie one, bruh, <laughs> with Taylor Schilling. So which one should I watch, Steve? Huh? Which one should I watch? Just, I mean, if I, I just go, have to, pick I would go uh, Taylor, the one with Taylor Schilling. I would go uh, New York, New York. Wait, is that the one? Which one has Taylor Schilling? No, Plainfield, Illinois, is Taylor Schilling in Roberta Colindres. Um, it is, and it's so messed up because it's a, it's a same sex marriage. One of them suffers from bipolar. She can't control the way she reacts. She can't. And you love the person, right? And it's, oh, dude, I will just say it is a, they don't say monster. This is one, this is the one that goes straight to, oh, by the way, we're doing a horror one this time. It's straight up horror, like it's a monster monster. So it's not like a, it's not like a, oh, it's a metaphor. No, no, no. This is the one that they do using a monster monster. It's Halloween. I don't want to fuck with metaphors. Yeah. I want monsters. Taylor mm-hmm. Schilling, dude. She, um, no one told her she was in a TV show. Someone said she's going for an Oscar. 
Someone told nice. me that. Yeah. So she just decides I'm going full bipolar and I'm going to show you what it means to be in a relationship with someone like that and what a person is willing to do to get out of that. And if something happens, after, it's just they use an actual monster. So, yeah, that one I was like, oh, it's worth the whole show watching, though. There's a few episodes are like, I'm glad I watched the episodes just to get these two. So I will get um, I will give uh, Monsterland as a whole. Two point seven five out of five. Zombie girlfriends. Okay, that's the highest rating that we have so far on that one. Maybe yeah. I'll go back to it. There's not enough. I'm There's not, not sure. enough here. There's not enough gold to mine here. But I would say the one Eugene, Oregon, and the Plainfield, Illinois. Those two are the ones you should watch. Those are the two where you're just like, oh, sniff. All right, <laughs> All right. consider it done. That's I don't all. appreciate the foul language, sir, but I, I will go sorry. ahead and watch it. All right. <laughs> That's it. That's so, it, hey, real quick before we go, Stephen, where can people find you, sir? Thank you very much for coming on, by the way. I, uh, you, you're a blast, dude. I love having you on. You've got this radio voice that I think you're a fucking star. Smorgasbord oh, awesome. is on the way, hey, man. Freaking so, star. I can't wait to have you back, man. Man, that's yeah. really, I had a blast here. I, uh, anytime, obviously. Uh, we're on the Smorgasbord podcast. You can find that on your favorite you know, podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, you contact us at smorgasbordpod at gmail. Or our Twitter is at Smorgasbord Pod, and our Instagram is uh, at Smorgasbord underscore podcast. Um, also available on my Instagram for comic books at Minor Keys Comics. And um, I'm always on there, active, uh, showing off my collection and chatting with comic lovers. Wait a minute, Minor Keys, do you play an instrument? <laughs> no, I get that a lot. Um, <laughs> so, like, major keys are like, spider-man's first appearance batman that's oh. a major key. keys is like a play on like you know I'm, I'm small time you know i have you know and this is when i first started out that i was like yeah i have, I have small books so i see what you did yeah. there i yeah. see what you did there okay very cool. witty sir very very witty. i love you the next voice you're going to be hearing is the superstar mri chief the man himself Dennis Don't McMahon. forget Uber Eats driver. Uber Eats driver. <laughs> Yoga, uh, broga professional. Keep it going. Bali Traveler. Uh, guru professional soon to be. We're going to be like, hey, man, you can just call me Danithin, man. Love you guys. Peace out. Next time I see you folks, I'll be able to do the splits. So at C2E2, feel free to ask me if there is a C2E2 again. I don't know where the, the way this world's going. I just want to say, ladies and gentlemen, I had a great time. I was expecting this to be a great time. We had a fantastic guest. Guess what? He was as fantastic, even more fantastic than I expected him to be. You were just on Pop Culture Leftovers last week, so I recommend you guys listen to that. Steven's got a lot to say. He's a great guy, and I think you guys are going to really enjoy him the more you listen to him. So please, listen to it. We'll put links to the show in the notes. And again, Steven, thank you so much for coming on, man. Oh, man, it was a blast. You guys are too kind, and uh, keep doing what you do because we're out here, we're listening, and, and we need it right now, and we appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Hey, guys, by the way, I did have one more review, but I'm going to save it for next week. I have seen two-thirds of The Haunting of Bly Manor. Um, I did have a lot to say about it, but I think I'm going to go ahead and be fair and watch the rest of the series before, because it comes out tomorrow. I was watching a screener. I will give my opinions on that next week. So other than that, that's it. Guys, thanks for listening. My name is Dan Ramirez. For Steve Hudson and Stephen Farsi, we are the heroes of noise. You guys are the best. I ask one request of you, and that is always the same thing. It is be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. Peace.